This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. You've told me like four times. I can hear you breathing. Stop breathing. I don't think I said stop breathing. To be honest, I did not say stop breathing. Rich asked me to stop breathing. I wouldn't be the first person in uh, in the wrestling world to tell you to stop breathing. And after this show, you won't be the last. (laughs) And Rich Crage. Joe, are you ready for Roadblock End of the Line? Roadblock End of the Line. 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 Roadblock End of the Line seems to have some buzz. A lot of buzz from Roadblock End of the Line. really and we are live here on the flagship podcast. I'm Rich. He is Joe. Joe, what's happening? I was waiting for another 12 minute intro there. Would... No, yeah, I kept it nice and simple here. Nice and simple at the All one right. minute and 30. Uh, although that was kind of cool to kick back and yeah, we should do that more. Just a nice big long intro, kick back in a few more minutes. You can go to the bathroom. I can get a drink. That's not a bad idea moving forward. That's what I did last week. I, uh, I, I played the intro on my phone while I took a dump. <laughs> Fantastic. I knew I had 12 minutes to get that done, which... <laughs> to be fair, I think, uh, and, and I'd have to look back at the messages, I believe I encourage you to do that. Uh, I said, Joe, get into the call now, we'll go live, and then the intro is 12 minutes, so you can go take a shit. I, I believe is how I <laughs> phrased it, and I'm glad you took that uh, that, that, that time and that, uh, that benefit, because you did get on the line pretty quickly. You said, all right, let's go, and then I hit live, and then, yeah, you went and took a shit. I spilled scalding hot coffee all over myself and then yeah that's fantastic so you know yeah so it worked out nicely <laughs> it really but, did uh, yeah instead of having to talk for these you know i got to talk for these 10 minutes it's it's weird it's it's strange so uh, there's something i i, I wanted to talk about you brief to you briefly about this because we had touched on last week on our 10th anniversary show about how the show had was very different in the early days where where you know Initially, you were engaged, and I was single, and then I was dating, you know, pretty seriously, and then you were a wild man for a while. And so the nurse is not here this week. The nurse is in Las Vegas climbing up mountains because she's a maniac. Uh, as of a few minutes ago, she is still alive. So thank you for your concern, Joe. But um, so I'm 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 a bachelor this week. You know, I'm 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 by myself. I'm I'm at home by myself. I can do whatever I want, however I want, whatever I want to do. It's 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 my home. Me and the dogs. We're free to do whatever we want. I, I I think we touched on this a little bit during the early days of the flagship, but what 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 are your eating habits when you were single or by yourself or because mine are just the worst. And it's not that I'm eating terrible food. I'm eating the dumbest food. I just don't care. And I, I haven't really been in this situation to just have like a week where I could just eat whatever I want. But I don't find myself eating whatever I want. I find myself just opening the fridge and being like, all right, well, I guess, like, literally today for dinner before the flagship, I had a bowl of spinach, three slices of, like, a green pepper, and then a hot dog. And I was like, this is fine. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like no pleasure in eating when I'm by myself or I have to just eat for myself. Are, were, were you the same in, the, in those days? But I know you're, you're a bit of a culinary man, so I, maybe you didn't stoop to those, those horrific levels that I did. 
bowl of spinach. Yeah, it was so bad. No, no. So I was going to make a salad, and then I half realized that I didn't have enough things to make a salad. So I just literally was eating spinach with my hands while I was eating a hot dog. It's just Okay, hold on. I got questions. Yeah, please. So was this like a prepared spinach with garlic and butter? Nothing, or... nothing. This was literally like uh, 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 we had. I have some spinach, like to make a salad. Like it's a, it's a, it's a box of spinach or whatever, a container of spinach or whatever to make a salad. But I have none of the other salad accoutrement. I just have hold spinach on, right hold now. Hold on, hold on. Another question. Yeah. So this is just dry leaves of spinach. Correct, correct. I am Popeye. I am Popeye the Sailor Man. Yes. That's not even like Popeye. Ate like the wet spinach. He ate the canned, yeah. He had canned spinach. Yes, I don't have canned spinach. You're eating like spinach you'd use for a salad, Correct. dry, leafy spinach. Yes, yeah, exactly. With a hot dog, and what was the other item? Uh, some slices of, of of green pepper. I guess there were multiple peppers. It was a red pepper, a orange pepper, and a uh, and a green pepper. Slices of green pepper with a hot dog and a bowl of spinach. Yes. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> okay, so I'm being why weird. You, I'm being why weird. Why you? Why are you living like this? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I just I. I I realized that I thank God I'm not single because like it's not that I wouldn't cook for myself because I can cook and 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 I I do most of the cooking around the house when when the when the nurse is home I do most of the cooking I do most of the preparing I do most of that stuff it's just when you're by yourself I just don't care so I'm just opening the fridge and going whatever <laughs> whatever whatever I can find I don't care I'm literally just eating to sustain myself to get through the day and then I will wake up the next day and 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 do it all over again that wasn't you. I- I mean, I don't think I ever just ate a, a raw. <laughs> well, maybe not li- quite literally a bowl of spinach. That, with a hot that, dog. Yeah, th- th- it was a new low. That's why I brought it up on the show because I'm sitting there and I'm just thinking, man, what am I doing? Like, come on. Like, this is this is really bad. As I'm, I'm, I didn't even use a fork for the spinach either because I was like, you know what I mean? What am I going to use a fork for? So I'm just reaching into a bowl and putting spinach in my mouth. Like, why, why is your life collapsing all around? I don't know. It's not collapsing. I just don't you care be, or something. I don't know. You should be having a great time. I know. You don't have to, you don't have to clean up after her messes. True. Um, you don't have to listen to that uh, that very strong Chicago accent. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you don't, this is a test to see if she'll listen when she's out of town because nothing fires her up like – she does. Uh, weirdly, she's a, a a big patron. She she loved your uh, your your Joe drinks on the uh, the Coke Starlight or whatever the hell it's called. Oh, she enjoyed that. Yeah, she really did. She really that did. completely was... fell apart. She loved well, it. So <laughs> keep the good. Yeah. Keep the work up. So yeah, the the family did not cooperate very well with that, but I'm I'm glad she enjoyed it. Um, no, I don't know. I can't say that I ever ate just random collections of items thrown together like that i don't know what your problem is why don't you just go to the grocery store get yourself a rotisserie chicken yeah see i I thought about it and i just never did because you can just sit down and fucking eat that fucker in one sitting with no judgment you know and um it's pre-made for you so there's no there's no work to be done and then you can get back to cooking when you know when the nurse is back in town slaving away over the stove but why don't you do something like that? That's the bachelor move. Go get that rotisserie chicken and like a six-pack of beer because I know you're a beer guy, right? You're going to get one of those fancy craft beers. I understand that. You're not going to be grabbing the Michelob Light. I, I get it. But, you know, go go get some beer with a fucking – with like an 18 – with like a bicycle from the 1800s on the side of the can, like one of those beers <laughs> or with like some – they either have a bicycle from the 1800s. You know those bicycles? You're talking about the, the large front wheel with the small back wheel? Yes. I guarantee <laughs> you there's a craft beer with an 1800s bike with a large front wheel and a small back wheel on the can. I guarantee that. It's either that 
or like there's always like an animal on the there's some kind of animal on the can, but not like a bear or a fucking bass fish because that's like cheap beer has those kind of animals. I'm talking like an artsy animal. Like it'll be like a uh, it'll be like a. <laughs> I'm very uh, curious what your artsy animal is going to be. Here you go. Well, the it'll be truth. like the beer will be called. It'll it'll have like a it'll have like a toucan or a pelican or something, but it'll be drawn in a very uh, abstract way on the can. You know what I mean? Like that, that's what I mean when I say there, there'll be an animal on the can or an 1800s bike or a fucking, you know, or it'll have some, uh, the the name of the beer will be some wacky play on words, some double entendre (laughs) or something. You know what I mean? Like this, so that's fine. Like that's the kind of beer you grab a six pack of whatever that is. Right. And a rotisserie chicken and you're all set. You know, you don't have to be eating leafy spinach with your bare hands. Uh, it's weird. It's weird with hot dogs. Like, why didn't you take the leafy spinach and cut the peppers up and put them in the leafy spinach? See, you had yourself some salad materials there. Uh, yeah, I did. But then I, I had no dressing. I had nothing else to do with it. I had no I, I you know what I mean? So it was like there was no point in putting together a, a, a dollar store salad. Like it just wouldn't have worked. It was it would have been a really pathetic salad. So I just made it a very pathetic side dish. Why didn't you make fancy hot dogs with fancy toppings? I didn't have anything. That's what I'm saying. I haven't yeah, gone to the grocery store. I have nothing here in this house. Well, then what do you do? That's the problem. You know, nothing in the yeah, house. Yeah, but I, I kind of, you know, there's there's a certain challenge to it. It's kind of like that before you go on vacation challenge. I don't know if you do this at, at, at your house, but I've always kind of, I, I've stuck to that of like right before you go on vacation, like you can't go because you don't want a bunch of stuff to to get bad or rot. I mean, you're, you're going to find this out. You're, you're going to take what? Your first vacation in, in years next week, right? Yes. So you're gonna. Yeah, I guess you're gonna have to. Are are do you are you gonna do this? Are you gonna say, well, hey, look, we can't buy new stuff because it's just gonna go in the fridge and it's just gonna get old by the time we're gone. So we gotta, you know, condense things down, get what's left over here. The fresh stuff's got. We gotta eat the fresh stuff. We gotta like you're gonna have to do that. And I'm kind of finding pleasure in opening my refrigerator and finding it pretty clean. The OCD in me enjoys a very clean refrigerator right now. Uh, unfortunately, the flip side of that is that there's absolutely no food for me to eat. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, this this sounds to me like you're enjoying the fact that you have a bare cupboard, much like I enjoy being in the uh, the 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 airport terminal, which is something that a lot of people can't understand. Like, I love the airport terminal, and 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 I love getting flight delays. I know <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yes, 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 and yes. So we have you, we have our weird quirks. I like an, a completely empty refrigerator for some reason because it's and, an. I'm going to tell you why because it's a little adventure. Just like that's why I enjoy the airport terminal and getting a flight delay because now it's a little challenge and a little adventure. Okay, so now, okay, we're, I, see, this is why I'm glad I brought this up and talked to you because I think yeah. part of me enjoyed the pleasure of like, all right, I open that fridge and I'm like, all right, I got a box of spinach, I got a few peppers, I got a hot dog. I don't know if they're old. They're hot dogs. Who cares? Uh, I don't have dress, but you know, okay. And then like the other day. I had this, you know, yeah, there's just like I've been making these little piecemeal meals and they're not great, but there's a fun factor in there of like, all right, what are we going to do? How are we going to attack this today? You know, and yeah, and, and, yeah. yeah. And you, so you there you go. You figured it out and you figured it out and it feels good. Right? <laughs> I don't know if it feels good, but. Uh... No, nah, it's like a little challenge. It's a little adventure. And, you know, that, that I get it. I totally get it because that's my whole airport uh, terminal deal. So. Yeah, and, and you've talked about that before. I mean, you like a delay, right? You you like the idea that yeah, things have gotten fucked up. That you like the idea that like a connecting flight has been missed, your rental car screwed up. Yep. You don't know when the next plane's gonna come, if you're gonna be on that next plane, when you're gonna be home. You love that. 
Yeah, because then I'm rubbing my hands together like, ah, changing the itinerary. Let's see if I can figure this out. <laughs> You're nuts. Right? And then it's like if the delay is like eight hours, it's like, ah, what am I going to do for food? Right? Like I've got a voucher for $7.50 to Applebee's, and I've got a $20 bill in my pocket. And what am I going to do for food here now in this scenario? Right? Like it's all a challenge. It's like a fun challenge. I, you know, I, I, I feel like Tom Hanks in, in, in that movie, The Terminal, you know, where he's like stealing the quarters out of the fucking, mm-hmm. you know, the, the fucking cart machine just to, to, for sustenance. And he's eating like fucking mustard packets. Um, yeah. So I think it's the same kind of train of thought. So that, that movie is basically you and I combined right now. <laughs> it is. <laughs> like... It is. I'm crying because in the chat room, they're naming animals that would be on craft beer cans. And someone said a triceratops, which is absolutely true. And, uh, and a ptarmigan. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. What's a ptarmigan? <laughs> a ptarmigan would absolutely be on the can, the, the, on a can of a craft. Should beer. I know what a ptarmigan is? It's a, it's a, like a, a bird. It's like a cock. It's a, uh, I just wanted to say cock. It's like a, uh, it's like a little bird, a ptarmigan. It's hard to explain. You got to Google it. Go yeah, I'm looking at it. I don't think I've ever seen one of these. It kind of looks like a dove. I guess it's kind of a, has a dove look to it, I guess, I suppose. So. <laughs> Ptarmigan's the perfect animal for what I was trying to describe <laughs> before. That, it'd be like, <laughs> it'd be like ptarmigan ale or something, right? It'd have a fucking ptarmigan on it. And uh, because that's, that's a very pretentious animal because it's spelled with a P. P-T-A-R is the first four letters. That's perfect for a craft beer because they'd be like, oh, people are going to mispronounce this because people don't know what a ptarmigan is, right? And and they would put that on their fucking craft beer can and uh, there'd be like a, a fucking a, a crude drawing of a ptarmigan on the can. And, and that's totally something they would do. They, and they'd be, it'd be the same brewery that puts out the beer with the 1800s bike. Right. And the, I would drink it and love it. And it'd probably be good. Yeah. Be like, oh, this is a tremendous beer. This uh, unicycle fucking cider. This unicycle cranberry cider. It's fucking uh, it's, it's great. <laughs> I love you trying yeah. to, to name alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Lanza naming yeah. alcoholics. Right. So <laughs> now next level would be a ptarmigan riding a unicycle, like on the can of the beer. Like that. that's next level, though. You know, that might be pushing it a little too far. But uh, but yeah, what a perfect animal that that triceratops. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> great stuff. stuff. Yeah. Oh man, that's great. Uh, real quickly, before we get into the actual wrestling here, I don't know if you saw the news, but uh, your airport, uh, your your favorite airport, has been renamed. The McCarran Airport is no more, uh, which caused quite a kerfuffle this week as the nurse was going to Las Vegas, and I told her we'll make sure you check into your flight. So she checks into her flight, and it comes up with this. What's the name of it? I, I got to figure out what the new name of the McCarran Airport is just to make sure. Um, Harry Reid International Airport is the new name of the uh, McCarran International Airport. So I see her checking in. It says Harry Reid Airport. And I'm like, where are you going? And she goes, Las Vegas. And I go, no, you're not. Because <laughs> you're going. You're not going to McCarran. You're going to the Harry Reid International Airport. She goes, oh, no. And then she, like, trusts me too much. And that, that's one of her mortal flaws is, is, is thinking that I know what I'm talking about. Because I'm like, you're, where, do you, where did you book this flight? Like, where are you going? Like, is this some other, like, what town are you in? I've never heard of this airport. Like, are you sure LAS is Las Vegas? Like, are you sure you're not going to some, you know, weird? And then so she starts freaking out and, and, and texts her brother. Oh, my God. Where, you know, did you book the plane to the right plane? Like, so it causes a complete international incident for a few minutes uh, until I then Google that uh, uh, McCarran International Airport has been renamed Harry Reid International Airport as of like two weeks ago, to be fair. So when she booked the initial flight, it said McCarran, but when she checked in, uh, it said 
Harry Reid International Airport. So I just want to let you know about that and, and let you know that I don't really care about any airports, and I would have never brought this up, but I know we've had many discussions about the McCarran Airport. So that has always been sort of etched in my mind that the Las Vegas Airport is the McCarran Airport. So, yeah, it, it's – and it, it, is it still among your favorite airports? I, I don't know if you actually have, like, a power ranking in your head, but I know you've always rated uh, that one pretty highly. McCarran's just unique because it's got the gambling. You know. Like, right off the bat, too. If you've never gotten off at the at, at, at McCarran slash Harry Reid International Airport, it is – it hits you within four seconds that you are in Las Vegas. You yes. know what I mean? Like if you you get off that plane and there isn't more than five feet yeah. separating you, the 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 ramp to get off the plane and a goddamn slot machine and a row of slot machines and the noise and neon and you are there and you cannot escape it from the moment you get to that airport to the moment you leave. It is just ding 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 ching 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 ching. Airports signs lights neon. It is it is it is a very unique experience for sure. A little a little pit boss with a lockbox in case you hit the <laughs> right. You know? yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. And, and the best part about it, the best part about it, no matter what time of the day you're flying out of that airport. More than half of those slot machines are occupied by somebody. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, you just left Las Vegas and you're at the airport. How could you possibly want to gamble more? Like, how could you possibly well, say? Well, trying to get it all back. You know? can, yeah, there, all back. there is a certain air of desperation from everybody that is using the airport slot machines. There, there, there doesn't seem to be any high rollers just kind of enjoying their time. It, it, there does... There, there is a, a stench of failure among all those people, uh, unfortunately. So I understand the psychology behind hitting the last few slots before you step on your plane. What I don't understand is the, um, is the opposite arriving. Oh here. yeah. What are you doing? Go to the, and then, go to the casinos. <laughs> You're like 10 minutes away from a casino. What are you doing? Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't trust the airport slots. I, they're probably very much rigged even more in the house's favor because they're fucking airport slots. I could be totally off on that and wrong, but I've no, I don't trust them. Because it's got to be a hassle for them to pay off fucking airport jackpots, right? So that's – I don't know. That's my line of thought on that. But the, the opposite psychology I don't get at all. Like I get, all right, I'm down fucking $1,800 on this trip. Let me throw a $20 bill in this thing and uh, you know, and, and see if I could get lucky. Because what's the difference between $1,800 and $1,820 <laughs> true, at this point? True. Right? So maybe I'll hit a jackpot, get 500 back or something before I step on the plane. That I get. I don't get the opposite, though. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Uh, other, uh, what other airports stand out to you as, as, as ones that people should try to visit if they get a chance? I don't have any favorite airports. I, I, I Listen, any international airport – with a terminal with all the accoutrements is just fine by me, you know? As long as you give me some some shitty chain restaurants and a fucking and 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 uh what's the uh what's that what's the new what's the Hudson new Hudson oh, News. Hudson, give me the Hudson News. <laughs> yeah, so you could thumb through a ESPN the magazine. You go, I don't even know they make this thing anymore. All right, let's go on out here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of print magazines you thought never existed anymore, you know? And, uh, you know, You're like, like car and driver. All right. Well, hey, you know, what? Right. when in Rome, car and driver. Let's see. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, buy your candy bars, $7 you bag otherwise. of gummy bears. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Totally overpriced. You know, um, you know, the, 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 you find yourself in the, uh, in the, in the paperback book section for some reason, <laughs> even though. 
and, and you're trying to talk yourself into one of these books. And, Thumbing and, through and, the, the latest James Patterson book, wondering, ah, no, that's, I don't yeah, know. Like, ah, I didn't espionage, know oh, that. international espionage, huh? <laughs> like, interesting. I ain't no Patterson had a new one out. Yeah, this is, <laughs> right. Look at that. It's a New York Times number one <laughs> right. bestseller. This must be good, right? And then you're like, I don't enjoy international espionage. What am I doing? Like, you're in line with this James Patterson book. And 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 you talk yourself. And you're in line with a James Patterson book, a Butterfinger, and a USA Today. And you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> right. And you're eyeing the, your eye the neck pillow too. You're eyeing that neck pillow, thinking, <laughs> yeah. man, one of these days I'm gonna buy that. And one of these days you do buy it, and it never. It's a terrible thing. I bought. I've bought yeah. the neck pillow before. It does not work. It's absolute garbage. Threw it away immediately. But yeah, I, 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 yeah. You always you always eye it because there's always a new one every year. They come out with a new you know, neck pillow and you're thinking, man, that one looks pretty good. That one looks comfortable. I think I could do that one. That's good for my two and a half hour flight. I probably need a neck pillow, you know. It's it's a Sunday and the USA Today is from Friday. You're <laughs> right, still going right, to buy it. Right? Right. Like, <laughs> Everything's out of date, yeah. Yeah, but, but you're still in line with it. You know, a $4 bottle of Evian and a James Patterson paperback <laughs> that you're not going to read and a uh, USA Today that's two days old and a, and a Butterfinger and you don't even like Butterfinger. That, that it, it just sucks you in, you know, and then uh, you like yeah. this. This is something you like, though. It's so much fun. <laughs> it's it's just so much fun. I, I can't get enough, you know, nothing like I don't like getting to the terminal where it's like. Ah oh, man, my flight's in like forty minutes. I don't have time to browse, walk around, people watch, you know. So you like to get there nice and early, and you force yourself into a meal at one of the shitty chain restaurants because you know it's something different. You're eating at the airport, you know. The little I like the little condensed fucking menu that Chili's has that isn't like their normal menu. Yeah, right. You know, right, right. because they're in an airport and they have like 500 square feet of space, so you can't get like the full Chili's menu. You're just getting like your options are like chips and salsa, burger, you know, or like French fries. That's it, you know. Uh, so yeah, I, I I don't know. I like it. Yeah, it, uh, I, I, I I'm a big fan of doing the. Um... So you're, you're there three and a half hours early or whatever, because I insist on getting there early just because I'm afraid. Like one time we almost missed a flight. So now I insist on getting there uh, as early as humanly possible every single time. And then so, so we'll eat. But I do the like I check my phone every five minutes type of thing. Yeah. Like uh, two hours and 15 minutes. We better, you know, we better get moving here. <laughs> the gate's yeah. like 20 feet away. It's like 100 feet away. I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. I wonder when they're going to start boarding. <laughs> I should probably. Yeah, you know, you know, I look at the app. I'm, I'm looking at the, you know, you, you look at the board. You kind of lean and squint. You go, all right, we're still on time. All right, we got a little bit of, you know, we got a little time to eat our stale chips and <laughs> salsa from Chili's. Yeah. Are you a group jumper? No, I would never. No, never. I'm a, I'm a group jumper. You are a. I knew you would be. I knew you I would gamble. be. Oh fuck groups. What's the point? Listen. You're a scumbag. I'm in group B, and they're calling up group A. I'm getting in line. Listen, Unbelievable. I, I hate you. Do? I hate I, you. I'll take the gamble. Are I wish. Gonna... I wish. And the problem is they don't. I wish they would stop you guys and tell you Are back in line. Are they going to say, sir, you're going to yes, have to Yes, they the should. No. And listen, if I'm group B and they call group A, right, what's the harm in getting in line behind group A? They're going to call me next anyway. I mean, that's right? fine. But you're talking about jumping in on, on you know, when they're when they're seating A and you're B and you're, you're going to walk up there and, and, and get on yeah. the plane. You've got to sign seats unless it's Southwest. Who cares? Listen. Okay, 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 okay. I, I should pro- I do a lot of Southwest flying, and that is a little bit of a dick move on Southwest. Southwest, there's no assigned seats. Right. So I can understand it more. 
But if you're flying like United or something, you're what's the difference? Okay. You're all right. All right. All right. All right. I, I take back my. I forget what I said. I, I said some words, and I would like to take them back earlier. But um. And here's the other thing. I don't do carry on, so I'm not taking a spot in the fucking overhead. So I don't see the point of waiting around. Like I have an assigned seat, and I'm not <laughs> stealing your overhead. So. I don't care if I'm okay. That's fair. Up. That's fair. That's fair. That's totally I, I, assigned seat wise. Yes, I people do that on Southwest, and I want them to to perish in in the plane. That that, that I do not like. That well, is that's just rude. Yeah, agreed. Okay, great. All right. Oh, as long as we're on the same wavelength here, I didn't want old, old no bag lands at a walk up. And, you know, he's got Group D because he didn't check in last night and didn't pay for right. the AIDS boarding. Just right. walking up and going, all right, here we go, and then by you know getting a nice little window seat while me, the dope who woke up at four a.m. so he could check into his stupid flight and then yeah. paid seventy dollars more to get Group A is is has to wait behind you. That you know, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, I don't know why you're wasting your time doing any of that. I, you know what I do? I don't check in the night before. What are you doing? You gotta, dude. Rich, you gotta. I, yeah. What? I go to the airport. I go up to one of them little kiosk deals, and I print out the fucking. No, paper see, ticket. the problem though is, yeah, and you're gonna find this out with modern air travel. You can't if you don't check in. Like I just, don't fly. Like I don't. You know said, Joe. One time we didn't check in. We show up to the airport, and they had sold the nurse's ticket because she didn't check in, assuming oh we didn't know you were still flying. I oh, was stunned. Well, <laughs> I was I'm stunned a, by then this. I'm getting, then I'm getting a flight delay adventure, so it all works out. Jeez, yeah. Well, I, it did not work out because one of us had a plane ticket and the other didn't. Eventually, got settled, but uh, essentially, they just said, "Oh, well, we, we, you know, we oversold and we gave the ticket assignments to someone else because you didn't check in." And oh, no. yeah, <laughs> that's not great. So there's this weird thing where the airlines treat you like an asshole because you're paying them for a service. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you 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 are bothering them by giving right. them money for them to fly you a place. They're like, oh, well, you want us to, you know, you bought a ticket. And we want you to. You want us to give you the seat that you bought. I mean, you're out of your mind. You didn't check in on our app last night, so you can't do that. No, you got to be. You have to be meticulous about the check ins these days. It's anarchy if you don't check in. Uh, no, I'm going to show up at the airport on okay. Wednesday and <laughs> right. print out my paper tickets. All right. I, no bad I wish you well. I wish you well. Well, you're, I, you, are you flying solo or, or is this a family? No, everybody's gone. Check okay. the bags. I'm going to check the bags as I always do. There's yeah, people that are like, new to the flagship, Joe is a, a, a staunch no bag at the airport guy. No, I, I, I hands in pockets, whistling <laughs> a tune while you're all lugging bags around and worrying about overhead space. Fuck that. You want to lose my underwear? Go ahead. What do I care? I got nothing in the bag I need. So, no. I, I don't give a shit. I check my bags. I don't care what it costs. Charge me whatever you want. Sir, that's going to be 70 I don't care. Just take the bag. I don't want to carry the bag. I'll pay whatever he asks me to carry. Whatever he asks me to pay. So, I don't have to carry his bag. Okay? So, no. I, you know, I, I, yeah. I don't understand people who carry who they're dragging a thousand bags behind them. They got them rolling. They got them on their shoulders. They look like they're they're fucking struggling. They're wiping sweat off their brow. That's me. That's me. By the way, who you're laughing at? Why? Yeah. Check the bag. <laughs> I don't understand it. I've also had bags lost too. So I I'm getting, I, I have very different airport experiences than you've had, unfortunately. So I think they. No, well, I I have never had a bag lost. Yeah. That's number one. And I check all my bags. I've never had a fucking. My seat sold. What is this that's happening? <laughs> I don't know. This is why I'm so this nervous. Is, you, you get audited on your taxes too. Uh, that's, <laughs> yes. And I definitely cut some corners on the taxes, and I've never been audited. You also, you also, <laughs> the jury duty that you uh, have avoided over the years as well. So, oh, that gets crumbled up and thrown directly in the trash. <laughs> 
you know what? Uh, if I did that, I'd be in prison. Like, you know what I mean? Like, not even jail. Like, somehow it would just be like I—I I, I don't even know what the whatever the harshest crime possible for doing that would be. I would somehow right. get that. Listen, I, the last one I got, I'm like, oh, this goes right in the garbage. TLB's like, you don't have to do that. Just check the box that says you have children under whatever. And they're, I, she's like, I do it all the time. They just. They'll just dismiss you. Okay. I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. I, then I don't have the the like the thrill and the and the excitement of throwing it in the garbage and seeing if something's gonna happen. Like what what I figured out about myself is I like living on that edge. So I did not check the boxes and do it. I just threw it in the garbage and nothing ever came of it. So um, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. But airport groupings. I'm sorry, you know, unless okay. it's Southwest. If I'm flying Pan Am or something. When is the, <laughs> they've been out of business for so long, right? Oh, they're, they're out of business? I, is Pan Am still around? I guess that's like the 70s, right? Pan, Pan I don't think Pan Am is around anymore. <laughs> Joe, they ceased operations December 4th, 1991. Ah, well, you know. TWA, if you're on Pan Am or TWA or whatever. Right. So the last time you flew was Pan Am. I fly all the time. I just Pan never, you know. Am. I don't know. Whatever the fuck. So I'm flying <laughs> Continental or whatever. Are they still in business? They're still in business. They're out they too? Think... Continental's out? I don't, let me hold on. I don't know about Continental. <laughs> I, I think they are, though. I'm pretty sure Continental is a subsidy of uh, of United these days. Uh, Continental ceased operations March 3rd, 2012. All right. Who else you got? United, they got it. Yeah, United's still good. Yeah, United's still fine. Delta, who should be out of business. Delta should be out of business, still, unfortunately, in business. God, they stink. But, uh... You're going to get no, uh, the, the, the folks of uh, SUP Wrestling pretty upset about that. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. That's their hometown brand. I understand they got to defend it. But uh, nobody else likes Delta. Um, I guess, you know what? Complaining about airlines is kind of... I don't know. Everyone has their own airline they hate, I guess. If you have one bad experience, you're going to hate that airline for, for the rest sure, of your life. For sure, for sure. I mean, that's just how it works. And then someone else could have no bad experiences with that airline, and um, and, and, and they're, they're, they're not going to hate it. But if I'm in Group D, you bet your ass I'm getting up with Group A. I don't give a fuck. I don't have a carry-on bag. I have an assigned seat. I'm not sitting there like a dope. Uh, waiting around an extra twenty minutes to get on the plane. I am, I, you know, I I'll dare that lady with her little scanner to say, "Oh, I'm sorry, sir, you need to step up." They never do, Rich. They don't care. They don't care either. Unless you know Southwest, they probably care, but I've never tried it with Southwest because that's rude. Yeah, don't don't try it with Southwest. You're you're a bad dude. Well, I wouldn't that. do that. That's rude. But I'm saying these other airlines, it really doesn't matter. That's fine. Yeah. So, so you're you weirdly are you're on a rush to get on the plane. Well, I swear to God, we're gonna get to wrestling. I swear to God, we're gonna get to wrestling soon. Yeah. There's a, so much wrestling to get to, and we're gonna get to it. You want to be on the plane because I, I, as much as I don't like airport terminals, I hate being on an airplane even more. So I'd rather be the last person that boards onto that plane. Five and a side. I just get me on the plane. Um, get me on the plane. I think again though, it's just it says. It's like my Johnny Gargano rebel heart. I just want to like <laughs> jump the fucking groups and see if I can get away with it. It's the same as throwing the jury. Well, because I could see you sitting in, you know, row 12 with the window seat, just eyeballing everybody that's walking by, all miserable, like that, yeah. all carrying all their luggage. It's They go to the overhead. There's no room. They're, they're trying to put it up. It's falling. They're getting upset. Someone comes over. Oh, here, let me help you with that. Let me help you with that. Oh, no, no, no. I got it. I got it. I got it type stuff. And you're just, you know, you're just yeah, cool Joe, just <laughs> looking out the window. No bag. 
arms folded, <laughs> thumbing through your you know NFL season preview in right. in November. You know you bought the, the yeah. what's what's the I don't forget who does that these days. Is that, well, the Sporting News does it, but there's another little, one that does it. Little Athlon, little Athlon, <laughs> right? Right. It's like <laughs> little, it's little, like it's like mid November. Yeah, little Street and Smiths, little right. Street and like, Smiths, right? Like well past the season, the season's already like deep in, yeah. and you're still like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, Cardinals look pretty good this year. <laughs> Be, and they're, they're three and four. <laughs> right, <point>. right, right. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what I do. That's definitely what I do. And you watch everyone get on the plane and you're like, I don't want that fat, stinky guy to sit next to me. I hope it's that girl with the big honks. I hope she's the one that ends up next. You know, so you do that too, yeah, you know? Right. So, um, you know, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, enjoy your uh, enjoy your, uh, your, your your trip. Are you where? Uh, what airport will we be? exiting from soon go to the motherland oh there it is i think think when i get off the plane i'm gonna kiss the ground kiss the ground in beautiful nork new jersey uh nothing beautiful about lovely this time of year beautiful this time of year it's not lovely anytime (laughs) oh (laughs) Um, normally i don't even fly into nork normally i fly into philly but uh nork was cheaper this time around and when you're flying four people that matters. Yes. So, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, went went with for, uh, Philly's usually cheaper. I, I don't know what's going on. Uh, everything's upside down. But uh, yeah, flying in Nork, spend some time in the motherland. Can't wait to get some pizza. Go to some Italian delis. Get some Italian restaurants. Uh, TLB wants to go on a Sopranos tour, so we're gonna go see Tony Soprano's house. Incredible. Uh, is that a thing land. that they actually have? Like that they no, have that for sure, right? No, no, no. It's it's I'm taking her on a surprise. I see. I see. Well, why don't they have that? They should have that. You should start. Someone that. should someone should monetize that. Yes, they should. Because in Chicago, right. we have a gangsters tour where you will you can you can get on a bus and they will drive you to all these different random locations and go. Yeah, well, that's where you know that's where the St. Valentine's Day massacre happened. That's yeah. one of Al Capone's hideouts. Like, hey, this is where this guy killed himself, or that's when that guy got killed, or whatever. It's it's awesome. It rules. It's really cool. It's a lot of fun. And Bugs like as single cut a man's throat. <laughs> right. It's awesome. Like, and then when you're in there, they play like the noise of like gunshots hitting the buses and stuff. Yeah, and it's it's yeah. it's yeah. It's it's a ride. It's a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, uh, I would not honestly if you want to quit the podcast and just do the Sopranos tour. Um, wouldn't hate you for it. Would not hate you for it. You should probably do that. I mean, I, I don't. I really don't know how that hasn't been monetized. Uh, maybe it has been. Um, I don't know. But we're just going to. Uh, I'm just going to. You know, Google Maps all the locations and, and drive her around. She there you go. See that stuff. So we'll go to the Bada Bing. We'll go to the. Uh, we'll go to fucking Tony's house. We'll go to Pizza Land from the opening credits. She wants to take Tony's fucking drive up the Turnpike and and see all that shit. So. We got all got all that planned out. She's never been. She wants to go to New York City. So unfortunately, I have to spend a day doing that. I fucking hate New York City. I have to use that disgusting, vile public transportation. Oh no! Um, yeah, right. so gross, so gross. She wants to is it because her. she wants to use the subway, right? Well, he's just happy. I mean, it's not functional not to use it. I mean, it, it'd be dumb to drive in because she wants to go to a let's uh, go to a Broadway show. So I'm not driving. We're not driving. A trip. So. Jeez. Well, I got I better I plug that com- Patreon for the Insurrection Live coming up. <laughs> I already commissioned a friend, so he will be taking us because I don't want anything to do with figuring out train schedules or you. You know how I that is. I so do. I do. He's gonna handle everything. He's gonna buy the fucking. Uh, oh my the, god! The, the MTA cards or whatever the fuck 
where he's he should gonna he, he's gonna come with us. We have a chaperone basically, and he's gonna we're gonna get on the appropriate trains. We're gonna get to the appropriate theater. I don't want anything to do with planning that or setting it up. I just want to be a big dummy and follow him around. So Rob Stryker will be uh, there. It is uh, yeah, leading us on the, on this uh, to the Broadway show. I don't care what show it is because I'm not gonna like any of them anyway. So. Her and him are working it out. They should just go. I'll stay I was home. Gonna say, like, why are you even going? <laughs> I'll stay home and watch basketball. They should just go to the fucking. Show. I might actually try to wiggle my way out of it. Well, I think you're gonna be there. I think you're gonna be there during uh, a little Big East. I'm gonna be there during the Big East tournament. I would so, say I would say let Rob Stryker handle the Broadway and you handle going to Madison Square Garden for the Big East tournament. I would never find my way there. I would get lost. But um, if I could figure out a way, then yeah, send them to the show. I can go to the Big East tournament. Little Providence Seton Hall, right? I, you know, no doubt about it, because there's no way Georgetown's advancing. Uh, <laughs> what about my DePaul Blue Demons, Joe? How are they looking? Uh, as awful as usual. So oh, they're not going anywhere either. But uh, and then a little, a little Atlantic City. She wants to see Atlantic City. Never been there before, so uh, plenty to do uh, with the New Jersey trip. Plus, you know, half my relatives never met any of these people, so that that's a big part of the trip as well. But, uh, well, there you go. So yeah. we, we will have very different flagships the next two weeks. Uh, I'm still yes. trying to figure out what we're going to do, if I'm going to be solo, if I'm going to have special guests, what I'm going to do. But that will uh, – you'll, you'll get news about that uh, this coming uh, – as soon as we can, probably this coming week. Uh, I'll give you some stuff about that. But uh, expect the flagship will be here no matter what. We'll just figure out it, – it might sound a little different. Again, haven't quite figured out what I'm going to do quite yet. Also, uh, patreon.com slash voices wrestling flagship patreon.com. Uh, the Thursday tier reviews will remain. I will be taking over – the Thursday tier reviews for the next two weeks. So I'll be reviewing uh, AEW Dynamite, probably a little bit of a different format than Joe usually does, but you are still going to get Dynamite reviews. It's just going to come for me instead. So flagship will still be around Thursday tier reviews. You will not miss any content. You'll just miss Joe for a little bit, but um, for some of you, that will be okay. <laughs> so for some of you, that's not a problem. So. Live instant reaction this weekend. Though. Absolutely. This isn't, this isn't the end of me. No, I was going to say we need to, especially if you're going to Broadway shows and all this stuff, you're going to need this thing. So we yeah, this Sunday, immediately after AEW Revolution, immediately following the show, the show's going to end. We're going to give you about 10, 15 minutes or whatever to gather your thoughts, gather everything. And we are going live with an instant reaction. We're going to review and recap every bit of AEW Revolution uh, this weekend, we will give our star ratings, we'll give our reviews, we'll give our recaps. This is the only opportunity to hear Joe and I talk about Revolution because we will not touch, we will not review it next week. Joe obviously will not be here. I won't be reviewing next week. So if you want to hear what we think uh, of AEW Revolution, uh, make sure you're there live on Sunday night immediately following uh, the show. Uh, it's always one of our, our more lively chat rooms as well. The note of chat room is always going nuts. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big party when these shows are over. So it'll be Sunday night. Uh, immediately following Revolution, yeah, instant reaction live, and you'll get some uh, some interesting stuff here uh, pretty uh, pretty soon uh, about links and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, immediately following the show, going live, instant reaction live, AEW Revolution 2022. All right. Those are long nights because we do the instant reaction live, and those like take almost the length of the pay-per-view. Yeah, they're, they're obnoxiously then, long, yeah. Then when we get off of that, then I have to – then I spend uh, – you probably go to bed. I, I stay up because then I listen to the whole media scrum with Khan and uh, whatever wrestlers participate in the scrum. And uh, then I gather up all my information from you know uh, uh, some of the other top pundits, most of whom I don't respect anyway, but I got to know what they think. And then uh, – you know, so it becomes a very long night. Uh, I'm not getting to bed until – well, then again, not a thing about it. That's when I normally get to bed. So what am I – You're just doing more stuff. You're just not watching – 
scummy just, basketball <laughs> instead you're just doing stuff that's so, true yeah, yeah you're not watching central connecticut versus whoever the fuck <laughs> you know. uh central connecticut was eliminated yesterday oh the end of S- S- Sencon, as you dub them, <laughs> it's all over uh, for Sencon. They got, they got by Fairly Dickinson, but they 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 lost to Bryant uh, uh, last night. So Bryant has the leading scorer in the nation. I like that. That's cool. By the way, and he's a white guy. How about that? Interesting. There we go. You don't see that. When's the last time a white player led the nation in scoring? Uh, it probably happens more than you would think. I, yeah, I would bet. Does. Yeah, because like yeah. Jimmer, not that long ago, he was there. Oh, like, Jimmer, what, twenty-five yeah, Jimmer. a game or thirty a game or whatever, because there was just nothing else on the team besides him. I'm sure it probably happens more than we would we would think. Yeah, Jimmer. Anyway, all right, let's get to let's get to some actual wrestling here uh, before we get. So, all right, we're gonna start out first. Uh, there's plenty on this week's show, by the way. We have AEW Revolution. We're going to preview that. We're going to talk about Tony Khan purchasing Ring of Honor. This is an insane wrestling week. <laughs> I love how Tony Khan purchasing Ring of Honor is like the third topic we're going to talk about this week. Uh, control your narrative this weekend, Joe. We are going to talk about the scheduled fights uh, from uh, the uh, Control Your Narrative as well as the Rat Room and, and just try to figure out what the hell this promotion is or trying to be. Uh, we'll touch on the NWA Crockett Cup, which is coming up here very shortly as well. Some of the teams that are in there. Uh, Rev Pro Epic Encounters, some matches being announced for that. Uh, bouncing Around Japan. I think we're going to do a quick, maybe do a quick uh, Bouncing Around Japan at some point here. Uh, and then we're going to talk about and I guess we'll do that a little bit in this segment here. I'll uh, talk about WrestleMania and the ticket struggles that they're happening, but f- they're having. But first, uh, we do want to touch on this uh, this morning or this afternoon. Uh, Vince McMahon was a guest on Pat McAfee's uh, sh- uh, radio show. Uh, the one of the first. I don't know how to classify this. One of the first quote-unquote media interviews that Vince has done in something like 15 years, I think, is the last time you can not like a Stone Cold podcast, not like being you know interviewed for a WWE documentary, like literally going onto a, a television show, going onto a network. I would argue, because a lot of people were classifying it as such, I would argue, and especially now that we're done with the interview, I would argue that this probably shouldn't count as that because it is essentially state-sponsored media in a lot of ways. Pat McAfee is an employee of Vince McMahon, so I don't know that I buy it. It's not the same as Bob Costas interviewing Vince McMahon. You know what I mean? Like this. Hold on, a, hold on a second, sir. <laughs> That's true. Hold, I, hold on a minute. I, as I, I'm clearing off all the roses that Pat McAfee has been <laughs> drenched in. Yes. What do you mean, Pat McAfee did a phenomenal job humanizing Vince McMahon? And getting so much out of him that we never have heard before. Yep. Yeah. So if you How didn't listen to the interview, smirch this. You're right. And call it state sponsored, uh, despite the fact that he's an employee of the man. <laughs> How dare you besmirch this? I mean, Rich, a cursory glance at the greater wrestling media, at the collective wrestling media, would tell you that you are out to lunch. This was a phenomenal piece of journalism by Pat McAfee, employee of Vince McMahon, to get all of this humanizing material out of Vince and really dig deep. And we learned so much about the man and dug deep into his psyche. And now we all understand how Vince McMahon ticks. In fact, Rich, Ryan Satin, Ryan Satin says that this interview will be looked back upon for decades. (laughs) Decades. For people who want to get inside the head and know more about Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Yes, yes, yeah. We so if you, if you did not watch the interview, here are the highlights. Uh, Vince McMahon works out uh, at weird times of the night, and he has been successful for many decades. So wow, 
Wow, wow, wow. So where do you want to start, Joe? Incredible humanizing insight that was provided here. So if you didn't if you didn't catch that again, to recap, uh Vince McMahon works out at 1.30 a.m. and then ends his workout at 3 a.m. Wow. Does not sleep very much, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Uh, and he has been very successful in taking sports entertainment slash professional wrestling from a regional carny business into a, uh, well, I mean, you know, Pat McAfee spent an hour telling Vince McMahon how great he was while Vince agreed. So <laughs> right? I, it was very <laughs> pretty. I mean, I think we all got that hammered home. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's essentially what we learned. So yeah, that was, uh, he is just like you and me, Vince McMahon, just a normal, you know, roll up the sleeves, go to work, hard hat, lunch pill, you know, middle-class American who just, you know, Works out at 1.30 a.m. and is a billionaire uh, and has been very successful for many, many decades. So there you go. And is perfectly content with the creative in his company. He says he would make zero changes despite the fact they rip up the raw script nearly every week. I don't uh, uh, I, I make zero changes. You know, I make zero, zero changes. I, I, I like to stick with the plan and go with it. I'm like, motherfucker, you rip up raw <laughs> five minutes before every show and rip it up 15 times before every show. What are you talking about? He doesn't listen to negative criticism, despite the fact that his entire career he's been the most thin-skinned person on the planet, and uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> responds to every. I do, um, I do, I do like as well that Pat McAfee did uh, did press him on this and said, you know, uh, WCW and AEW and the Monday Night Wars or whatever. Are you somebody that relishes competition? And Vince McMahon said, "I love competition." Oh well, again, these are things we never would have learned about Vince McMahon. <laughs> Without the Pulitzer Prize-winning interview skills of one Pat McAfee. He loves competition. He thrives in competition so much that he tries to put all of his competitors out of business as quickly as possible. So. We, we never knew these things about Vince, and yeah. thanks to Pat McAfee. We Successful, know because- competitive, and works out. Wow. I, I Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, no doubt about it. You would think that Pat McAfee is Edward R. Murrow after this, and, and you know, these, these, these fucking, you know – these, uh, like, listen, I, I kind of got all my vitriol out of my system. I was going to say, there's 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 uh, there's a, a, a great audio uh, on $5 tier, uh, Thursday tier reviews of Joe getting much of his vitriol out uh, on the wrestling media and, uh, and yeah, the absolute because, state you know, of it. Yeah, that, because that's, that's the thing. Like, this was an embarrassing day. It really was truly embarrassing to the point you're cringing. But it wasn't embarrassing for Vince McMahon. He... Uh, no pun intended here, and I know it's a topic later, but he was able to control his own narrative mm-hmm. and and not answer anything even resembling a tough question because they were few and far between from McAfee because he's not going to – he works for him. He's not going to press him or ask him hard questions. But even when things like Saudi Arabia came up, Vince was able to just avoid it and, and give really shitty answers like uh, you have to respect their culture. Whereas a real interviewer would have said, Vince, they cut people's heads off and they they hate gay people. But McAfee's never going to do that. And then you have these 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 uh, absolute frauds, these uh, these total clowns in wrestling media, like Chris Van Vliet saying things like, and I quote, "The Vince McMahon interview on Pat McAfee show is nothing short of amazing. It's an incredibly rare look into the human side of VKM." Um, you know, because these people are all frauds. They would they don't know what a good interview sounds like. They have no interest in hearing a good interview. And if somebody like Chris Van Vliet interviewed Vince McMahon, it would be the same shitty puff piece nonsense that Pat McAfee gave him. The only difference being that Chris Van Vliet doesn't work for Vince McMahon and will be under no obligation 
to toss him softball after softball and massage his balls for an hour uh, while he does his own PR. So it'd be even more embarrassing for Van Vliet, but uh, that's what we're loaded with mm-hmm. in today's wrestling media. Yeah, and it's it's was a, it's a, a sad state of affairs. Yeah, yeah, it's... and it wasn't embarrassing for Vince. It wasn't embarrassing for McAfee. I no, I mean, this here. This was essentially, when it was all said and done, this was no different than Vince being interviewed on WWE Network by yeah. a producer. Uh, you, yeah, you know, on the show. It works it, for him. Right. It, it, and, and ultimately, we should have all seen that coming, I think, at least maybe. But, like, no, what's he going to do? Is he going to say, like, you know, hey, uh, so what happened to Triple H? Like, he was once, you know, your second in command, and now he's, uh, we haven't heard from him. Is he dead? Is he alive? Like, what's going on? You got rid- I mean, like, of course he wasn't going to do that. I mean, I don't know why we thought that that was going to be the case, but, like, I, no, I don't think, again, like, I don't think anybody and smart and did and think and that was going to be the case. And they don't care. That's the problem. They right. don't care. Right, right. Look, and again, this isn't embarrassing for McAfee. McAfee is who we thought he was. Right, this right, right. I, 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 I thought I, McAfee would do. Yeah. Now, was it a terrible interview that, that garnered, that didn't garner a single thing that was interesting or insightful? Yes. But that I expected it to be a terrible interview that didn't garner that for an hour didn't give us a single thing that was interesting or insightful. About right, that. right, right. I and expected w- it, which wouldn't be much of a problem if, like, if you're a normal Pat McAfee show listener, you're you're just the guy who who, who listens to that show regularly, listens when Aaron Rodgers is on, listens for AJ Hawk, or like you might have found this pretty interesting. Oh, hey, cool, you know Vince McMahon. Hey, well, here's here's what you know the guy that leads. WWE, yada yada yada, like that's fine. But like for anybody that's been in wrestling or or or, or covers wrestling or follows wrestling, you just want a little more out of this because this is a guy who is so guarded and so doesn't doesn't do media interviews. And the reason why he doesn't do media interviews is anytime he, he actually does do a media interview with a real member of the media, uh, he usually ends up uh, like assaulting the interviewer or getting himself yeah. in trouble. So that he decided I should just stop doing these things because yeah, he's, if he's not slapping the paper out of somebody or literally you know threatening to beat somebody up, like all that, things that have happened, right? These things have happened before. So now he just doesn't Armin do them. K- Armin Katayan, yeah, Bob Costas, putting a plant in the audience on Donahue. This is a deeply insecure man baby who can't handle a real interview. That's why he hasn't done them. And it wasn't embarrassing for him. It's what I expected out of him. Right. It's the only one. When, when he agreed to do this, we should we, I mean, everybody that's smart should have realized, oh, okay, this isn't going to be like a real. Yeah. It wasn't embarrassing for McAfee. It's what I expected out of McAfee. Who this was embarrassing for was the collective wrestling media who, who praised McAfee. For this phenomenal interview that garnered all of this great, insightful information. How about at WrestleOps with like 20,000 followers? For the record, Pat McAfee was absolutely the right person to handle Vince McMahon's first interview in over 15 years. Who is the fucking moron behind that account who would type out those words? That's bizarre. Yeah, that is one he of didn't, the worst he tweets didn't I've ever seen in my anything. life. Like, he didn't what ask did you anything. learn? I guess, are we just like... I, How I, is he the right person to handle Vince McMahon? <laughs> When he didn't ask him anything interesting. Right. I, I, I guess are we like. When he, did, he didn't follow up or press him no, on No, he didn't do anything. It was a horrible interview. There's nobody in a real media space who would think that that was a good interview. That, and, and I guess that's my bigger question is like, I, or, I already have no faith in. in, in it's not even right. It, it, sports media is getting pretty close to access media. Access journalism has basically taken over everything. And it's, it's all pretty horrible at this point. But like, I guess I have such little faith in wrestling media that I'm not surprised by this. But I'm also a little bit like, did you actually listen to that? Like, are there actually people? Are these people being earnest when they're saying that they sat down and listened to this interview and were like, whoa, 
Vince said his dad used to be in the NWA, but then he wasn't. Oh my God. Like, is that something that like blew your mind? Like, I, I, I guess, are we coming at it from a standpoint of like, well, we actually know something about wrestling. Like I hate to, I don't mean to be like cocky or like gatekeepy or whatever, but like, is it just that we think that we're like, knowing? like, does people not know anything? Like, I guess that's essentially what I'm getting is like, are these people, have they all been watching wrestling for two weeks? And, and this is like their first exposure to any information about Vince McMahon? Like that, if it was, then okay, then maybe this interview was like, oh, wow, oh, we really learned. But if you follow this man or read a book or studied wrestling on any level more so than just cursory crap, like the, the, nothing that was said was new, different, humanizing, unique. No. Stri- I mean, it was, I could have read the, I, the, the interview, nothing, zero was said. The only thing that would <laughs> – there's one thing, which is weird that I, I've seen nobody pick this up, by the way, either. And, and I, I, I've been kind of out of the – I haven't really been following right the, you know, this in, entire night. But Vince did mention at one point my wife at that time. Yeah. Did you catch that? Yeah. Yeah. He's Has like, anybody said anything about that? Because like <laughs> – I want you – listen, listen. Okay. Let me, let me speak on that. I want you to compare the people who were busy – Helping Pat McAfee massage Vince McMahon's balls and getting some retweets, yeah, getting some RTs, and, and, and are claiming this was a great, insightful interview that humanized him and showed us a side of him that we never saw before. Compare that group of people, and then compare the group of people who picked up on the my wife at that time and the people who tweeted that out. Two completely distinct, different groups of people, and. You also have the – and, you know, the most – I mean, that's a massive story if so. Well, well, they're all glossing over all the – you know, Vince at one point – I'm paraphrasing, but I'm not way off. At one point, Vince McMahon said he's happy that the company went public because it makes his decision-making easier from the standpoint of his heart doesn't have to be involved anymore. He said this. He said, my heart doesn't have to be involved anymore. And I don't have to consider things like, oh, does this person have a family or does this person have a family member that has cancer? And I could just make the right decision for the business and the shareholders. I don't have to have my heart involved anymore. He said that. And none of these fucking feckless cowards tweeted about that. That's the, that should be the headline. Right. He did also, everywhere. I think in that same that same time said, you know, I'm only beholden to shareholders. Yes. <laughs> How is this not your headline? <laughs> right. How I'm trying to look. I, I'm and again. Maybe I'm missing it. That the, the stuff about the wife. I, I don't see anything about Vince McMahon divorced being reported right now. Which is he flat out said, "I don't have to worry about people's families <laughs> or people with cancer because I'm beholden to shit." He said that. He say I'm that. not making it up. That didn't get any. But here's what does get tweeted by Joseph Stazuski of CBS Sports. Props to Pat McAfee for the interview of Vince McMahon. We got to see some insight into the genuine human being we never get a chance to. <laughs> Hashtag WWE. Hashtag WWE. <laughs> These are the fucking feckless, cowardly morons Ooh. that we're dealing with. Okay? Man. This is what we're dealing with. Let's You're... go to the Grand Poobah, Ryan Satin. The ringleader of all this. Ryan <laughs> Satin, who legitimately might be the stupidest person I've, I, I, that I've ever encountered. Pat McAfee should take a bow and be real proud of the work he did today with Vince McMahon, humanizing a person like that. 
regardless of people's opinions of him, is not an easy task. People will watch this interview for decades and come to learn more about <laughs> You've already read this era. one. You've already read this one. But, but I like that you do it again because I, 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 I did a spit take when I read that earlier. The People will be going back to this interview for decades to listen. Another huh. clown. Was, was, <laughs> was Vince McMahon successful? Let me go back to the interview with Pat. Ah, uh, yes, he was. Okay, great. <laughs> Got it. It's, Ryan! Ryan! Did you hear the part where he said he can fire people with no conscience now? Did you listen to that part? Did you listen to the part where he said you have to respect the Saudis' uh, uh, culture? Did you listen to that part, Ryan? Will they be listening? Hey, Scott Fishman, another one. I can't remember the last time we learned this much about Vince McMahon at such a personal level. <laughs> Often we may forget that Vince McMahon is an actual human being. Amazing work by Pat McAfee. Rich. I want to jump into a lake of fire. <laughs> How is this amazing work by Pat McAfee? He got nothing out of the guy. Yeah. He didn't press him on anything. And the, my problem isn't with McAfee or McMahon. My problem is with Scott Fishman and Chris Van Vliet and, and Ryan Satin. And I've heard Chris Van Vliet and Ryan Satin interviews. It's no shock that they don't know a good interview. Because their interviews stink. Denise Salcedo, all of them. I promised I wasn't going to do this, and you got me. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, and 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 yeah, we did, we have so much else to get to. So again, Thursday's here reviews, you did do on. that a little bit more, but no, I, I I'm with you. Yeah, it's it's what's strange about this more than anything is that I guess I have zero zero faith in wrestling media anymore, but it is still pretty revealing when when something like this happens, and it's just you know it's so strange that nobody really wants to, and and like again we know we. Anybody who's listening, like, we can dance around it, but, I mean, we know the score. We know what's going on here. It, it's, in, in other circles, it's called, like, access journalism or whatever, is that these yeah. people want access to WWE. It's not or, unique. It's not unique. Right. It's not only a wrestling thing, but I think it, it, it tends to it tends to feel a little bit more in wrestling because there are so few people that don't do it these days. There are so few people that have a big spotlight, that are on the major sites, that are, you know, being retweeted constantly and are being talked about constantly that, that will – challenge this sort of stuff there's very few i mean there, there's you can count it literally on one hand unfortunately like that that's you know and 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 those people and, and you've alluded to this a while as well those people are getting old you know what i mean dave Meltzer is getting old he's not getting younger folks he is getting older you know wade keller is is still pretty young but he is getting older mike johnson is, 50s. is getting older these men are getting older these men are, are, are yeah and then that's and that's really the thing is like okay if 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 one day Dave Meltzer says, you know what? Screw it. I'm done with this shit. I don't want to do this anymore. And Wade Keller says, ah, you know, I've done this for a lot of my life, but I'm ready to retire and just kind of chill. Okay, so now you have Mike Johnson and, you know, like, you know, who's actually doing, like, deep time. And and I'll give credit where it's due, like Brandon Thurston, what was on Twitter and and was critical of this interview. It <laughs> was critical. And well, you know, it's there. There are listen. It there are. They're there. Board, they're just. But it's you can easily you could have figured out who was going to be a fucking moron about this and yeah. who was going to be smart about it before it ever happened. My problem is my problem is these people think Pat McAfee did a good job. Right. Right. How is that even? That's unfa- that rich. Rich. It made me so angry today that these people are throwing roses at Pat McAfee and think that he did a good job that I started to get like physically ill. Well, and that's, and that's why you I asked a little why? bit earlier. Because like I care. Yeah. And, and I guess you shouldn't, I guess that is one of your mortal flaws is that you care. You shouldn't. If, if you are in wrestling media, your reaction to this interview 
shouldn't have been, oh, Pat McAfee was so great here. Your reaction to this interview should have been anger. And you should have been annoyed that McAfee was given this opportunity and did nothing with it. Yeah, for the first time in almost two decades, somebody got to interview Vince. Yes. Quote, unquote, out of his comfort zone. and And this man will probably die before he does another one. And you should have been mad and pissed off that you didn't get the opportunity to sit down with this guy for an hour. Because if I had an opportunity to sit down with this guy for an hour, I'm not trying to humanize him. I'm not trying to get funny stories. He's a billionaire who's done a lot of questionable things. And he, he can have his feet held to the fire. It's fair. He gets plenty of roses. Right. He might slap you he, at some point, but you know what? Hey, he, <laughs> it's he part of it. Be, he needs to be asked about Saudi Arabia, and it needs to be followed up on. When he says you got to respect their culture, you bring up journalists getting their heads cut off, and you bring up how it's illegal to be gay. Or you're a clown. And if you praise someone who doesn't do it, you're a clown too. And then you bring up Triple H and ask where the fuck he is. And then you bring up Shane McMahon and ask where the hell he is. I would also bring up how uh, your public relations are saying you're doing budget cuts, but you made a billion dollars in record profits this year too. That that might be a good... After after he mentions that he has no heart in (laughs) in when he fires people. There's a million things you can bring up, but you only have an hour. Yeah. Okay? So, So fucking... As the kids say, miss me with the humanizing. No one cares. I don't give a shit when Vince McMahon lifts weights. And if you do, you're useless to me. And that's what we're loaded with in this wrestling media. Yeah. A bunch of useless, feckless cowards who are busy tweeting about Vince McMahon lifting weights at 2 in the morning with, with crying face emojis. And, and saying how great of a job Pat McAfee did. In this horrible interview where we got nothing out of it. And you know what it is? Rich... It's not devious. These idiots don't know the difference. And and that's I guess that's what I wanted to bring up. And that's I kind of a good way to kind of conclude this this segment here is that. And I asked it a little bit earlier. Are, are there people that earnestly didn't know anything about Vince McMahon or actually like enjoy this thing or think this is a good interview or think that this is humanizing or think? And I think that's the problem that or that's the thing that maybe is most disturbing about it all is not necessarily that you know they're trying to be. You know, oh, well, we don't want to say anything bad because we, you know, we don't want to lose our access or whatever. And there might be a little bit of that. There might be some parts of that too. But there are probably people that legitimately do think, "Wow, that was a great interview." And that is even more the problem. I would say that is even more disturbing that Rich, people they would, don't know the difference. right? And that, and I think that gets to the head of it. And that gets to the head of it of, of all journalism. And that, that's what tell you the problem with yeah. a lot of these people. Your Chris Van Vliet's and your Denise Salcedo's and these people. I'm going to tell you what the problem is. They admire Vince McMahon, and they will cling to anything sure. that supports their admiration of him okay and an interview like this where he's yucking it up with an employee none of them are bringing that up the man works for vince mcmahon right it's not like it's not like pat mcafee was hitting the phone lines at, at vince's pr guy saying oh you gotta give me the interview with vince you gotta give me the interview with vince and they it's admire him. eight years in the making or whatever no it's this fucking the guy that works for him it's his, his second announcer on smackdown on his major that, on his major show like get out of here why they're soft as hell on his shitty product it's why they never go after him uh, for the controversial things that he does and says. It's why none of them are bringing up or making headlines out of the fact that he said he doesn't have to have a heart anymore and he could just make business decisions and fire people who have families and cancer. He said this. I'm not making it up. I paraphrase it, but go listen. And, and alluded to the fact that uh, it divorced his, his longtime how, <laughs> wife, Vince McMahon, or, uh, how, Linda McMahon, how, who... 
who yeah. a major part of that company and a major like huge gigantic like seismic shift in 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 his life and her life and the in the business of that company or whatever. But yeah, we let the that problem one go. is these Salcedos and these Van Vliet's, their heads hit the pillow at night, dreaming of being hired by these people. That's the bottom line. And they admire him. They admire the company. They're soft on the company. I talked about it months ago when I listened to that Wrestling Inc. podcast. Tissue soft review on what was an awful SmackDown. Buried the shit out of Rampage. The claws came out. Not because they have anything inherently against AEW, but because they are terrified to criticize WWE. They don't want to do it. They admire Vince McMahon. They feel bad about and then they feel free when it comes time to criticize something else because they don't have that same admiration built in from their childhood okay that's part of this problem too right and 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 in one case that's okay like that's fine but it also would be nice if that and there was other people in this space the problem is that that's the space is dominated by that type of person and that that, this was an embarrassing day and that's worrying it was just total clownish behavior immature behavior childish behavior just you know like a bunch of people just marking out over these mundane vince mcmahon quotes that were just what what who cares when he works out why does anybody give a shit when vince mcmahon lifts weights when he's running blood bunny shows in saudi arabia and we're worried about when he lifts weights and we're praising pat mcafee for this how about how about criticizing pat mcafee for not following up on saudi arabia how about pointing out that Vince said he he can fire people now and not have to think uh, think with his heart and just think about the bottom line? How is that not the headline everywhere? How is that not the headline everywhere? That needs to, that's the lead. If anyone was interested in doing this job properly, but they're not, mm-hmm. and they don't know the difference, they genuinely think this was a good interview because these are the kind of interviews these people conduct. Garbage, absolute garbage, and it's unfortunate. Um, again, I got a lot of this out behind the paywall. I guess I did it again. Um, but it really, you know, because Rich, for someone like me or you to get an hour with Vince McMahon, I mean, you should be, you should be angry how bad this interview was. And they're all treating Pat McAfee, uh, you know, like he's going to get a Pulitzer Prize. It's unbelievable. How is there not anger and resentment? And I could have I could have done a much better job than this. That's what they should all be thinking. They have no professional pride. None of them. The whole lot of them. A bunch of feckless cowards, clueless on top of that, with no professional pride. To think that this, a once-in-a-decade opportunity, and we got nothing out of it. They admire him too much. That's what it comes down to. They see him as a demigod. I see him as a guy who ruined my hobby. That's the difference. But the bottom line here is I would be fair either way. I don't even pretend to be a journalist. But I, but let me tell you something. You know, it's just, I don't know. I, I know you don't want to do this. I know you're tugging your collar. I know you think I'm going to get us in trouble and everything. But it needs to be said because no one else is saying it. I do want to say, oh, go and ahead. now Fifa will break this thing up into nineteen different fucking headlines, and that's and, and that's and the name of the game. And, and again, like I get it, I, and that's part of the game, and that's how you make money in this industry. I get it, I get it, I get it. The problem is that there's so few people on the flip side of that. There's as this was going on, there was two people that I saw that were tweeting that I said, okay, these people are getting it and understanding. And that's not to say they're the only people. There were the two people that I noticed 
and it was David Bixenspan and it was Brandon Thurston. We're the only two oh, people you know I what? saw Bix- it. Bix was crushing this. He, he was, was yes. And I wanted to, I wanted to give credit. McAfee and he was killing McMahon. You're right. dead on. So Thank if people want to say, well, you're not, well, who's, you know, yo, you're just saying everybody sucks. Okay. There's two. And again, there were probably other people, but the two people that I saw that were out there tweeting it, David Bixenspan in, in particular at David Bix, the whole time was like, what is going on? This is terrible. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And, and responded to everything that was being said as no, you're, you're lying, Vince. That's not true. And here's evidence that you're lying or no, that's not, you know. So, th- that, yeah, I want to give credit where it's due that there are some people out there that I do trust and I do think don't have ulterior motives and don't do that. The problem, though, like you said, is that the majority of the, 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 the people are more of the tissue soft headline clicks, retweets, likes, access, journalism type stuff. And and there's a a small 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 sliver of people that are actually willing to say the stuff that needs to be said or or or, or say the truth and don't give a shit that they're not going to get hired by the company. But the problem is it's such a few small little sliver, and those people are largely, unfortunately, insignificant in the grand scheme of of, of wrestling journalism. And that and that and that sucks. That's that's it's it's really disheartening. Bix was tremendous, calling out every Vince lie, and that's Bix's wheelhouse. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got a whole newsletter <laughs> based on it. Yeah, crushing McAfee for not having his facts straight with the questions, crushing McMahon for lying, while everybody else is throwing roses and saying how great this interview was. I mean, I, I listen. You can call it hyperbole. I'm screaming like a maniac five minutes ago, but in, in all honesty, and I mean this as sincerely as I could possibly mean it. If you genuinely thought this was a good interview. I don't respect you from that standpoint anymore. You don't understand what a good interview is and you don't belong in media. If you thought that was a good interview, I know that that might come off a little harsh and I'm not trying to be edgy. Um, everybody hates me anyway. It doesn't make a difference, but I'm not trying to be edgy. I'm not trying to be an edge Lord. I'm not trying to, there's no hyperbole in that statement. That interview was so bad beyond the pale bad that if you genuinely thought that was a good job by McAfee, and he got good information out of Vince McMahon. I can't respect you from that standpoint anymore. And I really don't think – and listen, and you kind of said something earlier in our Discord, and, and I don't want to steal your thunder, okay? But you said something that was very smart, Rich Krejci. You said today was a good day where you can really parse out who to listen to and who, to, who, to, who not to listen mm-hmm. to in wrestling media moving forward. Because you cannot think that this was a, a quality interview and have any credibility. In, in any other space – this interview would be getting lambasted and trashed. You had an employee of the man interviewing him and doing nothing to press him or I mean, this would be disregard this would either be disregarded as total inconsequential fluff or it would be soundly criticized by anybody with an ounce of a critical space in their brain if it was in any other medium. Couldn't get away with this. This would be like one of Joe Biden's staffers interviewing him. Like, like you can't get away with it. This is awful. Yeah, Joe, you've good. done such a great job as president. <laughs> like, and any, and insert anybody. Add Man, Rob Manfred getting interviewed by somebody saying, "Hey, this ongoing uh, lockout by an owner is by an fantastic, owner. <laughs> yeah. Rob. We're it's... doing a great job out there, and I'm so glad that you are going to help us get the best deal we could possibly get." Donald Trump, you are doing a great job. You know, like insert anything. Yeah, a state-sponsored media interview. And then people would be saying, "Wow, <laughs> you know that was fantastic." You know, it was really an it was a really an embarrassing day, and it was eye opening. And um, 
You know, I thought Bix did a great job. Brandon did a good job. I think Dave, when he gets a hold of it, either in oh yeah, yeah, the, the, the Observer Radio tomorrow will will, will be good. He's going to destroy it. Dave is going to do a good job. I have full confidence. Um, you know, and there's another small handful of people who will do a good job on this. The rest really expose themselves in a very embarrassing way. In a very embarrassing, like Ryan Satin, we know the score. He just he is what he is. He's I think everybody understands that he's clueless. The guy's just a dope. Uh, and some of these other people, I mean, they've exposed, they really, really exposed themselves. Well, and, and Satin's an employee too. So that, that plays a, a bit of a different factor. He's a, an a pseudo in, a yeah. pseudo employee, an indirect employee. Or he's whatever. an indirect employee. Right. Yeah. It's, I, sh- it's, I should it's, be fair, but these other people are his, not. It's to, his, it's, it's to his employer's advantage that you get what I'm saying here. Like, right, he, right, right. It, it doesn't do him any good to, 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 to bury the company or anything like that, but. Um, and I'm not listen, and, and this is important too. There's a there is, and then we can move off of this, but I wanted to make this point too, because I didn't make it behind the paywall. There's a place for soft uh, cupcake softball interviews. There's absolutely a place right, for that. like entertainment tonight, and, your E, like that sort of shit. It happens in in yeah, and there's stuff like that in sports as well. And and you can easily ignore it if you don't care about it, but there's a place for it for stuff that's just, you know, uh human interest stuff or whatever the case, just letting somebody promote something. There's a place for that. Okay. I'm not saying every interview has to be fucking white knuckle, dig deep, be contentious, get the facts. No, but this is a man who is a billionaire who is at the top of his industry who never does these interviews. Okay. Puff pieces don't cut it. We expected it. It's exactly what I thought it would be, but that doesn't mean you have to praise Pat McAfee for it. Pat McAfee deserves no praise. And then in the middle of this whole thing, Pat McAfee has to pretend he's surprised when Vince McMahon says he's giving him a match at WrestleMania. So the whole thing's a fucking fraudulent anyway. But let's talk about how great Pat McAfee did with this. Inter- I mean, it's, it's a joke. These people are a joke. You know, I've been on this theme for a couple months now because it, I care. I don't know why I care, but yeah, I Yeah, you should really just stop. Yeah, I don't know why you care. You should really just stop. And I'm glad you care, but you should probably just stop. It's just, it's just, I don't know why the Denise Salcedo's and Chris Van Vliet's and, and, and who, that guy from CBS sports, whose name I can't pronounce. I don't know why these, and Ryan Satin, I don't know why they're not out there today saying, man, I could have crushed that disappointing. Give me the opportunity next time. That's how they should feel, but they don't, they don't because they're all waiting to take the bag. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest about it. They're all, half of them wouldn't even tell you your, half of them would admit it. But the, I'll leave you with this. I'll leave the listeners with this. Take Rich's advice. Take my advice today from behind the paywall. Now you know the score. Now you know the score. Right. If your eyes aren't open now, they'll never be. Now you know who to listen to and who not to listen to. And, and one more thing, just in the interest of fairness, for all these outlets throwing roses at Pat McAfee today, I'm going to give you another little nugget since I'm burning the world down anyway. I'll give you another little nugget. You know, in order to interview an AEW wrestler, you have to submit a list of topics to the company. Okay, that's a fact. I learned that this week. I got that verified. Multiple sources. If you want to interview an AEW wrestler, you got to send a list of topics to the company, which then gets approved or unapproved by AEW. Think about that when you see some of these outlets interviewing AEW talent. That's what they did to get the interview. Pre-approved topics. Rich? If I asked AEW to interview Will Hobbs, random wrestler, 
The wrestler doesn't even matter. And they asked me to send them a pre-approved list of topics. My reply to them would be, no thanks, I'm no longer interested. They're well within their right to ask for that. I don't have a problem with them asking for it. I got a problem with the media submitting to it. And I'll leave you with that. There it is. All right. Let's uh... tug that collar. No, no, no tug collar. I mean, it is. Yeah, there it is. I mean, it, it, am I it, off base on that one? I mean, please. You're not. No, you're not. No, I, we, that tells you all you need to know about now. Now think about who interviews <laughs> AEW talent. Right, and we've and we've we've been transparent on this show before that that's largely why we stopped doing interviews when people would say, "I don't play that game." Hey, I want to talk about this. We would say, "No, no, no we're interviewing you. We talk about what we want to talk about. We'll give you some some rough bullet points or hey, this is the direction we're going to go." But I'm not going to tell give you. The, the list of questions, and I'm not going to let you tell me what you were going to talk about. No, no. I'm interviewing you, and I will get to the – I'll plug your book, but we're going to talk about some other stuff. You know what I mean? I'll plug your yoga, but we're going to talk about other stuff. We're going to talk about what we want to talk about, or we'll see where the conversation goes. I mean, that 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 is how most people should do it, and I, I, I'm somebody who came from a journalistic background. I, I wrote for newspapers. I wrote for magazines. I did that sort of stuff. I would never in a million years, if, if I was interviewing a coach or, or, or an executive or something like that, and they said, well, hey, here, you know, you have to talk about X, Y, and Z with me. I would, I, okay, that's fine. I don't need your quotes then. That's fine. You know? That's it. If I would say I'm no longer interested in interviewing Will Hobbs uh, because I'm not. And, and that came up. I mean, that came up in high school sports. That came up where I had a, I had a coach that said, yeah. I'm only going to do interviews if you ask me about this. And I told my editor, I said, well. I mean, I'm not going to interview him then. There's no point, right? And they said, yeah, no sure. This is a, at that point, it's a work. Right. He, I, I said, well, I, I lose my integrity because I want to ask him about X, Y, and Z, and, and he's telling me I can't. And he would say, he's and, obviously yeah. supported me and said, no, then, yeah, we're not going to interview him then. There's no point. And then I come on the air and tell my listeners and my customers, hey, listen, this this company, no matter, you know, they, they want me to submit quite, and I'm not doing that. Because that's disrespectful to my listeners and my customers. I would never do that to the people listening to this show. I wouldn't do that. I don't need the interview that bad. I mean, I, you know, I, I like to think that we can get people to listen to this show. They're listening for us, Rich. They're listening for us. That's why we've done one interview in like the last seven years. I, I, I'd say thanks, but no thanks. I don't need it. But this is what's going on. So you think I'm just sitting here pounding it because it's Vince McMahon and Pat Mag? Well, there's another example. Yeah, it's across the board. And, and listen, if AEW wants to handle it that way, I don't. That, again, that's not on them. Again, that's why I don't think McAfee and McMahon were the no, clowns. No, 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 no. They weren't the clowns. And AEW's now look, would I prefer look, would I prefer if AEW would just give their people media training and maybe teach them how to avoid uh, rather than flat out approving interview topics? Sure. But that's their business on how they want to handle their media. It's the media's the it's then in the media's hands whether to play that game or not. And unfortunately they play it. So now I get to skip town for two weeks while Rich deals with all of this. But <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I, it, someone's got to say it, man. Because today was humiliating. I'm humiliated for these people. It's embarrassing. Let's talk about, I want to talk about some wrestling. Yeah, let's do that. Let's get into some, some, some good stuff here. Before we do that, I do want to let you know this episode of the Flagship Podcast is sponsored by our friends at HelloFresh. And with HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You skip trips to the grocery store, and you can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why they are America's number one 
meal kit. HelloFresh offers the flexibility, <coughs> clear my throat there, offers the flexibility you need to easily customize your order online or in the app, easily change your delivery date, your food preferences, and plan size, or skip a week whenever you need to. You can customize your favorite dishes with their new Hello Custom offerings by swapping out one protein or a side for another, upgrading for a more uh, you know a, a luxury experience, or even adding a protein to a veggie meal. That means more choices, more variety, and more meals truly tailored to you. HelloFresh cuts back on the time spent in the kitchen with meals ready in around 30 minutes or less, plus quick and easy meals, including 20-minute recipes, low prep, and easy cleanup options, providing an even faster route to put food onto your table. And HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality, and you can save on average over $65 per month when you order HelloFresh instead of grocery shopping. See, I should have had HelloFresh delivered to my house this week, and then I wouldn't be eating salad out or you know spinach out of a bowl and a hot dog or whatever. But anyway, go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 and use the code VOW16 for 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 and use the promo code VOW16, and you're going to get 16 meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh.com slash VOW16, and use the code VOW16. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. All right, so we went a little long on on, on, on WWE stuff, so I don't want to get into the WrestleMania right now. We have time to talk about that, you know, the WrestleMania ticket sales, uh, and the Stone Cold and Vince McMahon, and, and, and how they're going to be related to WrestleMania. I, I want to push that back to another week. Because I got some other stuff I think we need to touch on first. So are you okay with that? Yeah, if we if we don't have time to get to it, we don't have time to get to it. That's fine. And if we maybe we'll circle back at the end of the show. We'll give the other topics the time they deserve, and then we'll see what happens at the end. Right. And and, and we might even get more news about the Stone Cold coming back thing and Vince McMahon yeah. facing McAfee and, and yada yada I, I yada. Just, so. I just thought it was a little weird that we haven't even touched anything regarding WrestleMania yet, uh, at all on this show. Um you know, and there and there has been some news. So, mm-hmm. uh, if, but if we get to it this week, but then you know, we've got we even when I'm back, there's still I think a week or two. Right there, there is a little bit of time. So, so yeah, let's uh, let's get to this story here, and then we'll we'll get to the AW Revolution preview here in a moment. But uh, big news that started off dynamite this week: Tony Khan purchasing Ring of Honor. He is the new owner of Ring of Honor. He had a press release that said, "Quote: Ring of Honor's influence on modern professional wrestling is etched permanently in the history books." And this acquisition, acquisition ensures that its legacy will be kept alive and treated with the utmost respect. Uh, so Tony Khan going out there announcing that he is the new owner of Ring of Honor. Uh, he has also acquired the video library to Ring of Honor. He has acquired all the assets, IP, and the video library. Uh, per ROH ring announcer Ian Rick, or not, uh, ROH announcer Ian Riccoboni, not ring announcer, normal announcer, uh, he said ticket sales to the WrestleMania weekend show Supercard of Honor literally doubled after last night's announcement. So uh, some some interesting uh, developments there. People excited about Ring of Honor uh, with this news. But uh, yeah, what'd you, what'd you make of this when you saw the news that uh, and it, it had been sort of floated around or bandied about that this may be a possibility? But uh, were you kind of surprised that this was the 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 massive announcement that he had talked about does this does this work as a quote-unquote massive announcement for you um i think it's a massive announcement for a certain subset of fans who are you know or, who are similar to, to to tony khan i mean i think it's a big announcement for guys like me and you i think it's a big announcement for most of the people listening to us right now um do i think that there were probably some people in jacksonville scratching their heads going eh ring of honor i've heard of it but i've never seen a ring of- yeah i think there's some people who it wasn't a big deal to but i've said this before and i think it's really great that 
No, I don't like everything about AEW, but I like that there's a wrestling promotion on a major stage that caters to us. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, Tony Khan is one of us and he caters to us. And I'm never going to complain about that. I'm never going to be one of these nerds that's like, oh, well, he's got to reach out to the casual. No, fuck that. You can do both. Why can't you do everything? Why can't you, you know, capture the whatever the casual viewer even is? I don't even know what that is. But why can't you capture that fan and, and, and get them interested in your stars and also cater to people like us? I've said for years that WWE is big enough and has a large enough reach and has the resources to be everything for everyone. They just choose not to be. And that sucks. You know, so uh, so is it a big announcement? Yes and no. We also don't know what he plans to do with this now. I think that affects whether it's big news or not. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, right now we're trying to we, – we would basically just be kind of assuming or, or, or fantasy booking or just kind of saying, oh, hey, maybe he'll do this or maybe do that. I, I think that is – it's one of these stories that right now – it's a it's a fun deal. It's an interesting deal. I, I think at the end of the day, it, it it's, it's a smart idea for Tony and AEW to purchase Ring of Honor because I think that it, it, it adds value to AEW because – the, the inclusion of the video library works twofold. It works in the sense that whenever they are ready, and we've been saying this for time and time again, and people are finally starting to listen a little bit, is that dark and dark elevation. Everybody would say, why, why are they taping eight hours of dark? Or why are they, why do they even have dark elevation? Why? All of it is building up content, building up content, building up content. In some ways, it's, it's, it's talent acquisition, it's storyline building, it's win-loss record building or whatever, but it's also content building. It's, it's getting content, getting content, getting content. And when the time is right, and that time will probably come very soon, maybe sooner rather than later, AEW will be on some streaming service, probably something like an HBO Max or whatever. Is And you'll be able to access all the old pay-per-views. You'll be able to access every episode of Dynamite or whatever. And presumably now you'd be able to access Ring of Honor stuff. That would be a part of the fold. Again, I don't know if that's exactly the plan. If it is, again, that adds value to AEW. It adds value to whatever they end up selling. The second part of that, too, and I think what the more important part in, in some ways is that now you can tell the story of a lot of the wrestlers on your roster more than you could before. Many of the guys that we're going to talk about on this AEW Revolution you know, preview had their biggest moments, their biggest non-WWE you know, tenures were in Ring of Honor. Uh, a Brian Danison, a CM Punk, an Adam Page, an Adam Cole, like all those guys, a lot of stuff that they've done is in Ring of Honor. So now you have the access to use those clips and 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 use those things in video packages and use those things in 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 documentary releases if you want to do that or whatever. And there's a lot of value in that depending on what what Tony paid for it. Like it just it adds media and it allows them to tell the story of the company more. It also ding dong, you know, it lets you to have all in, which is the reason that this company exists. You know what I mean? So that was always the weird thing is that like the, the genesis of this entire company kind of lived within another company's IP and, and assets and library or whatever. And now it doesn't. So now for whatever that's worth, you have the entire history of your promotion at your hands now. And, and, and you can tell the entire story of your promotion now, uh, you know, via video, via whatever. So that, that is, is doubly important as well. And that's just the content stuff. That's just the IP stuff. Not only if, if like then Ring of Honor becomes a developmental territory for them, if it becomes a separate indie that they run. I don't know what the next step is. I, I have no idea. You have no idea. We just kind of be guessing right now. But I, I think that there's no way that you could say this is a bad deal in that sense. I think it's just how good of a deal or how important of a deal will be, will, will something that we'll have to wait and see, you know, down the line. Yeah. I mean, Right now, I'm not even all that interested in, in, in whether they're going to run this as a separate touring brand. or I'm not even worried about any of that. Right now, all I know is a really great tape library is in good hands. 
Uh, I trust Tony Khan to handle it properly. I trust Tony Khan to uh, to curate uh, this this tape library in the right ways. I agree that he's laying the foundation for a streaming service. He flat out said that on the media call, uh, which you can listen to on the $5 tier behind the paywall with my additional thoughts, which you're not going to get anywhere else. Uh, but he flat out said on the media call that they want that that's something he wants to do, a, a streaming service. And now he's got 20 years of Ring of Honor tapes and three plus years of his own tapes. You supplement that a little bit with some indie stuff that you can get your hands on and, and off you go. But that's what I'm interested in. This Ring of Honor tape library, which has been collecting dust because Sinclair wouldn't do anything with it, either because they didn't want to deal with the editing process or because they didn't see any value in it. Whatever the reason is, they weren't doing anything with it. Tony Khan will. And he has already made a statement saying that he will. And that excites me as a fan. And that's enough for me. Even if Ring of Honor never runs another show. Right. That's enough for me. So I'm happy about it from that standpoint. And I can't wait for that footage to get up. Uh, and 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 so it's accessible and easy to access and all of those sorts of things and and that's what's exciting to me the second part in terms of whether he's going to run a promotion a second promotion or whatever i don't know i mean i thought dave Meltzer made a great point why would you run shows with the ring of honor branding when you can draw more people with AEW on the on the signage right i mean that's a logical way of looking at it but the other way of looking at it is well if if you run a second touring brand with the ring of honor uh, 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 branding, it's going to come off as second best regardless because you're never going to promote it or build it to the point where it's the bigger brand than AEW is. Uh, but you have all the advantages of, all right, well, now I have more shows to sell to television networks uh, and those sorts of things. But your instinct is going to be to use your lesser talent. So inevitably, it probably becomes a feeder promotion or a developmental promotion or something like that. and. Um, you know, and that's fine, but at the same time, um, that's not all that exciting to me. I'm way more excited about the idea of these tapes finally being accessible. I agree. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I, I, I did see some people saying, well, okay, this is a bad move because now there's one less place to work in wrestling or whatever. Oh, and on. They were closing down anyway. I, so I was saying, like, what have you not followed? Like, I don't <laughs> – Ring of Honor wasn't a place to work. And they made it very obvious to many people that we are no longer a place to work. Like, we're, we're going to, you know, pay you, f- you know, a one-off or we're going to pay you for, for this show or that show or whatever. But, like, it's not going to be any – yeah, the idea that this is some great loss to independent wrestling, like – I mean, I agree, but that conversation is for December. That conversation yeah. is not for now. I mean, that conversation was three, four months ago, and we did that. They, we had that conversation three or four yes, months ago. They just released everyone else that was under contract two days ago. They, they don't have any. They don't provide any jobs as of March 1st. Half the people lost their job December 31st, the other half on March 1st. So if Tony Khan would have purchased Ring of Honor two and a half years ago before the pandemic, while Ring of Honor was, you know, uh, uh, still thriving as a company and yeah. had all these people under contract, then I could buy the argument of, oh, this is bad because we don't want these two big conglomerates owning everything. And I would be on the side of that argument of, okay, this is one less place to work and, you know, this is not good. But Ring of Honor didn't exist anymore in that form. It was now no different than any other indie. Black Label Pro, Inspire Pro Wrestling. That's what it was. It was a it was a name on a marquee hiring independent contractors on a nightly basis. It was an indie. So I don't buy that argument at all. Right. Because this isn't – he didn't buy a, a, 
a a living breathing promotion with right and there, and there's and there and and for the record, I mean that that is not missing in, in modern pro wrestling. A place to work on a Saturday. That I mean, there's thousands of places to do that, you know, all across the country in every single region. Like we're not missing that. We we're, we're what we are missing now. And again, we feels like we had we had this conversation in December, but we'll have it again now. Like what's missing is viable everyday regular contracted promotion. That is missing out of the game. When Ring of Honor goes away from what they used to be to you know what they said they were going to be to now whatever they're going to be now. That's kind of lost in that this company is going to be able to compete with you for a contract, is going to be able to, you know, say, well, we really want this guy, so we're going to pay him X, Y, and Z. And okay, well, this guy can say, well, hey, I have a deal from, you know, AEW for this amount. And the Ring of Honor can say, we really want this guy. So we're going to, like, that is gone. The competition in, in that marketplace is gone. But the idea that, like, oh, you know, there's one less place to work, like, yeah, I mean, the, the, everyone that's, that's, in that position, yeah, that already happened, and they're going to be able to find a, a a gig on a Friday and a Saturday, no matter what. Like, we're not at a loss for the X amount of you know three figure you know Saturday indie promotion in in you know in in your local VFW hall. We're not missing uh, of those. We have a lot of those in wrestling. We just don't have anything above that. You know, we have, well, we have and we don't know what he's going to do with this. What if he does decide to run this as a second touring brand and keep Ring of Honor alive? Sure, and it, and it creates forty more in ring jobs. Now it's the opposite of what people are saying because before he bought it, there were no jobs. <laughs> now there's 40 new jobs because he has a roster of 40 people with this new Ring of Honor touring brand. So I don't or, buy that. Or feels that he could hire more people to AEW proper so that he, he could spread them out them. among the three shows or whatever. So Either way, it's 40 new jobs if you're saying it's a roster of – or however many people you want to say are on the roster. Either way, now that's creating contracted jobs, whereas there were zero as of two days ago. Um. The comparison I made was this is very similar to me of when WWE bought the assets of ECW. I wasn't mad about that because ECW was dead. And that meant that ECW's tapes were going to be far more accessible than they would have been if if WWE didn't buy the assets of ECW. Now you can go on WWE Network and basically the entire history of ECW minus the fan cams are right there at your fingertips. And... That's a good thing if you want to watch that stuff. This is the same to me because Ring of Honor was essentially dead. Tony Khan bought the tapes, and now all that stuff's going to be accessible. It's in the best hands it could possibly be in. Yeah, because there's a lot of places these tapes could have gone that would not be, yeah. you know, would be much less advantageous to us where we do well, think yeah, well, that. Look at WWE Network. He did, I just gave him credit for how they handled the ECW tapes, right? Because they're all there. Every hardcore TV going back to 1993, every ECW on TNN, every pay-per-view, even some of the house shows before there was pay-per-view. But look how poorly they've handled their other libraries. There's like almost no AWA up. There's barely any Smoky Mountain up. And if WWE would have gotten their hands on this, and they and allegedly they did make an offer to try to buy Ring of Honor, who knows if we ever would have got the tapes up. I know Tony Khan is going to get those tapes up. Right. I'd rather he get them. Well, look at the look at Evolve. I mean, <laughs> how many Evolve shows are up there? You know. Yeah, they were starting to put those up, and then you know, everything changed with Nick Khan, and they stopped. That's another good example. You know, so really, ECW is the only one they handled well. It's probably because they think that there was money in ECW, and there isn't money in any. They probably think nobody cares about Smoky Mountain and AWA and Evolve, where whereas they know they made money on the ECW name, so they made sure to do the work. And scrub those tapes and, and get rid of the licensed music and get those up. That's probably what it comes down to with that scenario. Who knows what they would have done with the Ring of Honor tapes? Would we have gotten 
you know, a half a dozen episodes like we got with Smoky Mountain, you know, a half a dozen Ring of Honor shows? Or would we have gotten the whole library like Ring of Honor, like ECW? I don't know, but I, I tend to think we would have gotten the, 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 the former and not the latter. Yeah, I think we're in a better spot given what, given what happened with it, so... Plus, Khan might try to run this as a promotion. I, I mean, he might. I don't know how much money he spent. I mean, you got the same press release I got. He bought the trademarks. He bought the tapes. He bought uh, video and production equipment. He bought um, – he basically got everything. So, um, what you know, depending on what he spent, he might want more return on his investment than just having those tapes for a prospective streaming service. Or mm-hmm. he may look at it as, okay – now I can credibly start selling a streaming service around. Right, right, right. Now and I have X amount of hours of content that I could say. Before yes, I had want to hear. 600 hours of content. I'm just throwing a number out. Now yeah, I have yeah, 1,600 yeah. hours of content that I could whatever sell. Whatever it yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, your numbers are very low, but yes. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> 600 hours. <laughs> I think they have a little more than that. They do that weekly. <laughs> Some of those darks in 2020 were um, nine-hour darks. But yeah, exactly. But that, yeah, but that's the point. Now he can, you know, sh- and maybe he figures, okay, if I get uh, what I'm just throwing a number, I have no clue what the going rate would be. But if, if I get a $50 million deal from fucking whoever the fuck, now it's paid for this investment all by itself right, right. without ever running a show or, you know. But, but again, you trust Tony Khan in a scenario like this because he respects wrestling history. He's, he used to go to Ring of Honor shows. You know, that picture floating around of him standing there in his Bullet Club t-shirt like a goober at a, you know, at a Chicago <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably with Krejci two rows I back, was going to say, I was probably like you know? yeah, right next to him. <laughs> so. so he's going to curate it and take care of it well. And I trust him to do that. Anything else to me is gravy. So I'm not really concerned with any. I'm happy about the tapes being in the right hands. That's what I'm happy about. And it's good that WWE owns 90% of wrestling history and not 100%. That's a good thing, too. You know, it, it, it's good to see someone else get some tapes. And uh, and it's a good set of tapes to have. And yeah, and I think... Natural. Yo, go ahead. What, what's cool is, that, like, I, like I said, like, I mean, it, it is the spiritual successor in a lot of ways, and in some ways the actual literal su- uh, successor of AEW as well. So just from that standpoint, too, of being a wrestling nerd... It probably feels pretty cool to say, hey, wait, I have the whole history of my company now at my, you know, it's all here. It's at my disposal. And I can I can fully now tell the story of my company with all in. And then also just like I mean, in general, like the building blocks of that company. I mean, there was a lot of obviously factors that went into it. But but Ring of Honor more than any other company, I would say, was was important to AEW existing, you know, as it was. So, yeah, it's cool to kind of have that now and, 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 and be able to tell that story. Speaking of dopey wrestling media, how about our good pal Louis Dangor suggesting that William Regal and Samoa Joe should run Ring of Honor? <laughs> does he think that that William Regal is like a, a shoot man who was really running NXT? Does he really? Does he think that? The best, <laughs> the best part. So Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe wasn't even like an I. Wasn't he just like the he he wasn't like the general manager, quote unquote? Wasn't he just like the muscle for the general manager? Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, and it wasn't, you know, Louis, we have fun with Louis, but it really wasn't just Louis. I saw other people tweeting, oh, they need to hire William Regal and Samoa Joe to oh run Ring God. of Honor. What, what makes you think that those two men are qualified to run a wrestling promotion? <laughs> they're not shoot men. They're work men. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're worked men. They're, they're fake men. Like, Samoa Joe is a fucking character. Yeah, William Regal William. wasn't sitting there over the over the booking sheet going, "Oh man, 
<laughs> William, William Regal doesn't exist. He's a fictional character. What makes Darren think- Matthews. <laughs> yeah. Tony Khan is on the phone. With, hey, listen, I want you to run a, pro- a wrestling promotion. I just spent fucking whatever he's $20 million, whatever he spent on it. You're running this now because you were the on-screen, the on-screen general manager. General manager of NXT. Can you handle that? Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I know Brad, Brad Maddox was uh, once the uh, general manager of, of Raw, yeah. and that's a big show. That had like 3 million people watching at that time. So yeah. he's a great give guy to call as well. Give Sonya Deville a call. See if you can poach her. Sonya Deville. Hair up, square up, right? She she doesn't take any guff. Call up Sonya yeah. Deville. See if you see when her contract's up. See, Maybe see, she'll if, come see if WWE will reveal who that anonymous general manager was. I mean, he ran Raw for like two years. Yeah. That anonymous GM. So hey, What's um... Teddy Long up to? <laughs> That's true. He can make some tag matches. Yeah. 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 Now you have to face The Undertaker, player. <laughs> like, get him out there. Right? He has experience. He ran SmackDown for like eight years. Yeah. Get him out there. That's before, book. Louis, he had that's before the Louis' book. time, though. Yeah. I don't think Louis was born when uh, Teddy Long was. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, to, to age ourselves, I, I don't think he was born. Or if he was, he was like three. So, um... yeah. Unbelievable, though, right? Like, what are we doing? That guy gets paid by someone to cover wrestling. Hire that's William. what I'm talking about. Here. Hire William Regal. <laughs> Jeez. Hire Darren, man. Hey, Darren, how's it going, pal? <laughs> Can you run NXT? Uh... <laughs> Good God! <laughs> Run ROH. Oh man, the old work is the new work. All right, let's uh, let's get to uh, since we're talking about AEW here. Let us preview AEW Revolution coming up this Sunday. As we said, we're going to do an instant reaction live immediately following the show on Sunday night. So you watch AEW Revolution. Uh, oh, I should note if you are in not in the United States and you're going to watch it on Fight, I would highly recommend using our link voicesofwrestling.com/fight. Uh, to order that show, it'll help us out tremendously. So if you are non-US, because it is not available in the US, uh, or if you have a VPN, I guess, uh, voicesofwrestling.com slash fight if you're going to order the show uh, on Fight TV. But uh, yeah, we are immediately following the show. Going to go live on Instant Reaction Live. That's going to be on the $10 tier uh, at flagshippatreon.com, uh, voicesofwrestling.com slash Patreon, or patreon.com slash wrestling. You'll be able to find it right there. Uh as we said at the top of the show, it's always a fun uh, show. It's a Nerdo chat room is always going crazy. Uh, we give some very, very long thoughts about the show. Usually they go almost as long as the show itself, which is always pretty incredible. But uh, yeah, AW Revolution, Instant Reaction Live, immediately following the show on Sunday. Uh, and Joe, I got to say, after watching Dynamite this week, I am very excited about Revolution. I think this is going to be a great, great show. Uh, some of the matches have got me really amped up. Uh, in particular, and I wanted to start with this one because I think this is one of the best stories being told in wrestling right now, and I think it's one of the best stories being told in wrestling for, for or has been told in wrestling for a lot of t- a long, long, long time. And it's the CM Punk MJF match. Uh, it's gonna be a dog collar match. It's not gonna be the main event. Tony Khan did uh, officially announce that Hangman Page and Adam Cole is gonna be your main event for the championship. But man, my main event is CM Punk and MJF. I think this has just been absolutely masterful storytelling from beginning to end. I mean, I, I, I. I'm in awe of these guys every single week and, w- and what they've been able to do with this. I, this is just next level, great pro wrestling. It's it's so pro wrestling, too. It's pro wrestling 101 right down to, I mean, the dog collar match. You have Punk coming out with a white T-shirt on <laughs> Dynamite and MJF's in a white suit. And you're like, oh, we know what's going to happen. And then it happened. You know what I mean? They didn't outsmart you. Of course, CM Punk's busted open and bloody and bleeding all over his shirt. And MJF's got his blood all over his suit. It's just, oh, it's been, the promos have been great. The build has been great. The 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 dog collar uh, you know, stipulation is great. I mean, I am, 
I, I just absolutely love this story. This is uh, nothing has hit me in wrestling like this in, in in quite some time. I mean, I just I'm I'm in love with this story. I had you on mute for a second. I had TLB come up here to give. I asked for a drink, and um, I really wish it wasn't on mute because it would have been great content. She came up here with two options, Rich. She gave me uh, she gave me uh, an option. She brought up a Coke Z, of course. You expect that, right? You expect a Coke Z to be one of the two options that I've offered uh, for my parched throat. The other was a pomegranate water. Ooh, okay. A pomegranate water. Do I look like a man? <laughs> I would say I'll take that, but I don't know if you will. That wants to satisfy his thirst with a, with a, with a pomegranate vitamin water. All oh, those are good. Those are really good. I'm not drinking pomegranate water. <laughs> I mean, geez. So I took the Coke Z and I told her to hit the bricks with the pomegranate water. So um, she skedaddled out of here. But yeah. I agree. In, in I utter shame. In utter shame for even suggesting. Yeah, well, she learned her lesson. She she sees who wears the pants around this house with your pomegranate war. But uh, I said the same thing behind the paywall, as you just said. Um, you know, it, it's to me, if the match lands, and I, I don't even think it's a question, because when you're talking about MJF and CM Punk, these are two students of the game. I don't know if you picked up on MJF uh, reciting back the uh, the the same uh, promo that CM Punk once cut in Ring mm-hmm. of Honor, of course, yeah. So and and, and let me just—I I don't want to interrupt you right now, but but I I said this off air, I said this on on Slack or something. I think I've said it before. We've talked about it on the show a little bit, but I just wanted to preface it here that from the moment that you first told me about MJF, yeah, five years ago at this point, I mean, he was probably twenty years old when you first told even me about it. Even longer, yeah. I don't even know what promotions he was. Some Northeast promotion he was working for, and you told me keep an eye on this guy. I'm telling you, this guy is the next thing. Yeah. In this wrestling world. And then I was finally able to see him live, uh, thanks to AEW a bunch of times. And you instantly get it. You're and like, I got it instantly, and I said, wow, yeah. Joe wasn't kidding. This guy is something else. To now what he's doing in AEW, there is nobody in wrestling that cares more about this shit. There is nobody in wrestling that is more of a student of the game. There's nobody in wrestling that, that puts more thought into what they do than MJF does. Nobody. Yeah. And this he's isn't... He yeah. is, he's 20 fucking five years old. Are you kidding? Yeah. I was doing nothing. I was doing this stupid shit at 25. I'm doing nothing. Nothing at 25. I was starting this show. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I was doing at 25. Starting the flagship with you. And we were probably horrible shows. Just horrific shows at the beginning, I'm sure. But like, this guy is, this is what he's done already at 25. And, and, and there are still people out there. There are still holdouts that don't quite get it or whatever. I mean... Fine, you're you're you. I don't I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know what you're missing. I don't know what you're possibly missing anymore. But let me just say, no matter what you think of this guy, whether you like him or dislike him, nobody cares more about wrestling. Nobody is more of a student of the game than MJF is. Everything that he does is thought about, is carefully planned, carefully thought out. It's just and, and in a good way too, and not in a way where like he can't deviate from that. But the idea that like, well, we, hey, we're gonna cut this promo, but the, what I'm gonna bring up is gonna be in a reference to this, that reference to that, or whatever. And you you might not get it, like you said. Probably seventy five percent of the people that were listening to that promo, probably ninety percent of the people that were at Daly's place that week, uh, you know, last week had no idea that the promo was in reference to 
CM Punk's Ring of Honor promo. You know what I mean? Nobody. Yeah. But to the people that did care, the 10%, the 15%, the 20%, whatever it is that did know and did care, it's like, oh my God, it's great. And it does, it, nothing's lost in that promo. It's still a very good promo if you have no idea what's going on. But if you do know, it's next level. And I think that's what MJF has really, to me, done more than anybody else in, in, in wrestling over the last four, five, six years or whatever, as long as I've been a, you know, a follower of him and a fan of him, is, is just... He just cares about everything he does and everything has purpose and everything has meaning and everything has a little bit of a nugget or a reference or a callback or a throw without being over the top, without being too over the head. It's just it's subtle. And when you get it, you get it. And God, it's just nobody in this game is, is as meticulous as him. And the the person that I'd put right in that that in that pantheon with him is CM Punk. You know what I mean? There's yeah. another guy who everything that he does, he cares about and he's meticulous about and likes to reference and is a student of the game. So you know, you have these two people doing this at the at, I mean at the peak of their powers. I mean, god damn. It's unbelievable. And their boss. Yeah. And their boss. Yeah, who so, also yeah. says, "Oh, great. Yeah, do that." <laughs> you know, or says, yeah. "Hey, what about this promo?" And then they can go, "Yeah, sure. I remember that promo. I'll do it." Or, "Yeah. Hey, what about this story that we used to do? Do that." I mean, it's it's like you said, it's it's nice that a company is for us. You know what I mean? It's so yeah. nice that a company and a feud is for us, and that is what this is. So it's 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 put on by a company that cares about us, that cares about fans like us, and it's a feud that cares about fans like us. And that, but at in- the same time, when when a scumbag like MJF says, "You stupid old man, I'm a snake," you know, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world. Like you can still get it. Right. Like, you don't need to know that CM Punk said that shit. So it works anyway. It's not like it's so inside that you're losing everybody else. You're not. And what was so great about the last two weeks was that a lot of people were fooled and worked into thinking, no, that was way too heartfelt by MJF. It was real. None of it was made up. So they're not going to use that for heat. They'll get the heat another way, but... There's no way MJF is just using that to to sucker. Like, there were some people who bought into that. And I'm not criticizing those people. What I'm saying is this thing has been so good that it legitimately worked a lot of people. And then when MJF kicked that man in the balls, he revealed himself to what we all know him to be. A total and complete piece of shit. And that's the essence of MJF. And he was even willing to use his own trauma of anti-Semitism and bullying and his hero abandoning him, he was willing to use his own trauma to sucker this man in to take a cheap shot and gain the upper hand. This is, listen, I said it on the reviews today. This is an all-time Pantheon pro wrestling feud. All-time. If the match delivers, and I have no doubt that the match is going to deliver. No concerns whatsoever. But the match does have to deliver. You can't go out there and have a shitty match. Right. Okay, that does take the edge off if you do that or if it's poorly booked. But in this company with these two guys, I'm not worried about that. They're going to handle this properly. Okay? So this is all-time stuff the last two weeks. I thought this angle last night was even better than the promo last week. Now, you can't have this angle without the promo. I understand that. One has to happen to get to the other. But I thought that this angle was so – he bled a gusher. Oh, my God. I mean, and MJF was so good with the you stupid old man. And Punk, when MJF came in to hug him and Punk was like still a little unsure. And then he, he was always he, unsure. Yeah, well, the yeah. great part about it is that Punk came out there and started his promo saying, you know, I don't fully believe this. I don't I, – I, I know I shouldn't believe this. 
hey, the first thing he said is, am I the bad guy? Right, right. He, he, but he questions himself, and then throughout the promo, he little by little starts convincing himself. Hey, look, I've done some pretty horrible stuff in my life, too. I've done some awful things, and... You could see as the promo is going on that Punk does kind of sell that initially he didn't buy it. Initially, he's still kind of thinking about it. But then as he talks it through, he goes, you know what? Okay. You sound genuine. I believe you're genuine. Okay. Yeah, I buy it. And said, then right I, when he does he that, said, you're fine. He said, I don't think Max is lying, he said. Yeah. He said, I don't think Max is lying, but is he trying to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The same thoughts that the fans are having overall because it's so well done. So this thing just entered a whole new pantheon of all-time great shit. It did. And it's the real main event, let's be honest. This feels like the hottest match going into the show. And I don't think that could even be debated. I mean, it's not going to go on last. We know the title match is going on last. That's the right decision. I think the title match should always go on last. Uh, Just stick with that. Don't break from that. Don't deviate from that. Don't ever even give people a chance to devalue your title. But this is the main event. And, you know, Tony Khan was very careful on the media call to not say – he kept saying Hangman and Cole are going on last. Right. He didn't say the main event. He's going he on last. he doesn't want to value yeah. the other matches either. Right. You know what I mean? So he was very careful with his verbiage from that standpoint because he knows there's a bunch of huge matches on this show. But, yeah, that's – you know, it's just phenomenal stuff. Um, we seem to be in agreement that it's an all-time great feud. They need to cap it off with the match, though whether it's the blow-off or not. And is there ever truly a blow-off in AEW? Because even when they pause things, they still are hanging in the air. Right. You know, let's say Punk wins the dog collar match, okay? This isn't like WWE where, you know, uh, next week on Dynamite, everybody gets hit with the men in black fucking taser, and now that feud doesn't exist anymore, and now these two guys are just in this same universe, but it's as if they never – no, they're going to hate each other forever. You know, whether the feud is paused now or blown off for now, this is going to last for as long as either guy is in the company. But, yeah, this is all-time shit. It's very easy to be excited about it. And um, after last night is, without a doubt, the match I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, I don't have a great prediction for this one either, which is is weird. Like, I feel like it can go a lot of different ways, which I guess is the hallmark of a really good pro wrestling story. I think... CM Punk can very easily win. I think MJF could very easily win as well. I think you can have MJF use, you know, the dynamite ring to get the win. I think you could just as easily have MJF ask Wardlow for the ring and and Wardlow doesn't give it to him. You know, there's so many different scenarios you could go. You have MJF, you know, has a, a key that he can use to unlock it. You could, I mean, there's there's like 10 different scenarios I have in my head of how this match could end. And that's pretty awesome to, to, to think about is that I don't know how it's going to end. And, and, and yeah, I, 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 I think, you know, if I gun to my head, I think that MJF probably finds a way to, you know, chicken shit heal his way out of this but i think it's just as likely that you know now we move into the mjf wardlow thing after this too where you know wardlow doesn't help him or whatever and cm punk gets the win because cm punk's maybe ready to move on and get that big win or whatever a lot of different ways this can go and i think again hallmark of a great wrestling story is that you come into this and and there's a lot of scenarios that could play out and most of the scenarios would result in you feeling like you know hey that was you know a great conclusion to this story no matter what happens mjf could win cm punk could win it wouldn't matter i think both scenarios are going to be able to work out pretty well what about the Wardlaw finally talking back last night? 
And that's and that's what got me. And again, like I hate to say it because we've been saying it for two freaking years now, but like you know, it's one of those things. You're like, I don't know. Okay, this this you know, Wardlow finally kind of snapped at him. Yeah, he kind of snapped at him and said, "Hey, I'm helping you. You know, the reason I keep doing this because I'm worried about you. You know." So yeah, I was like, "Oh, okay, okay, getting a little saucy, getting a little spicy." So we're getting closer, but yeah, the fact that the thing that's getting that's forgotten in that segment is MJF told him he can keep the title shot if he wins. I mean, that could end up being pretty big, you know, if he does win. And, you know, because the the idea was he would have to give the title shot to MJF. Right, right, right. right. You can keep it, but I don't think you're going to win anyway, you know, and that's what made him go off. So, you know, keep an eye on that. That's a factor, too. And that's obviously been just a tremendous long-term story. Look, I know we shouldn't waste a single second on this, but who are these people who say AEW doesn't tell stories? Who are these people? Dopes. <laughs> Just absolute dopes. Do you think they mean it, or do you think... I think that they don't tell world wrestling entertainment stories, and thus those people don't think they tell stories. Because they don't. Because it's not the storytelling they're accustomed to. Right. There's a whole generation of people that have only grown up with, with this type Get of... Get in the ring, grab a mic. Right. Contract signing, you know... Uh, you know, yeah. So they, you think that they just don't understand the stories being told because they're not always extremely linear, or or you don't get nine. Yes, but no, they're just dopes. Back. No, they're just dopes. Because how do you not tell the story? Like, have you ever? If you consume any other thing ever, like, how do you not? Uh, no, well, see, they're I'm just dopes. Even, they're dopes. Well, Never the mind. Thing. I'm not talking about the trolls. Or the Twitter ads. No, 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 I know. I, yeah, those people are completely out of sight, out of mind. I don't Forget care. Forget them. I'm talking about, like, people in media who say it, because they do. Like, oh, AEW needs to tell more stories. They need to – they're not great at their storytelling. They don't tell any sto- – like, what? What What are you – are you watching the same show? What What are we doing? Like, they've been telling this Wardlow story for three years. Three years, Rich. But I guess if you're not getting video packages every week – and the ward law standing there with a mic reciting everything that happened last week, even though we all watched already. And then, <laughs> and then ward law saying, take a look at this. And then it plays again on the video. <laughs> right, right. Like maybe because it's not Putting that MJF's way. face on weird things. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So maybe the answer is just that these people are stupid. Yes. Is that the answer? I think that is the answer. Let's go with that. Let's do that. Okay. Um, all right, let's let, well, let's go to the whole show too. I just wanted to talk about CM Punk and MJF at, at at the beginning here, but let's let's run down the entire show here. Uh, two pretty interesting pre-show matches. I think I have to watch the pre-show because you got Hook versus your boy QT Marshall. That's a big time. Pre- they are making sure that th- this is a Joe Rich uh, 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 a Rich Krejci offer match here. They are making sure that I watch the pre-show by putting Hook and QT Marshall on there, and I I gotta watch the pre-show, Joe. I can't miss I, this. No, I, listen, I see people complaining like ah, QT Marshall. It's a pre-show match, and it's Hook, <laughs> and they've been. And if you're paying attention to Rampage, they're feuding. Yeah. What's the problem? <laughs> Dopes is the problem. Hook, Hook's going to beat him in 40 seconds. Yeah, exactly. Marshall's going to go out there. He's going to flex. He's going to act like he's a tough guy. Hook's going to throw a, you know, two fucking arm bars on him and then and, and throw, do a hip toss, do a hip toss, put an arm bar on, and he's going to tap him in 10 seconds. Yeah, And it's going to be cool as fuck. Yeah, it's going to rule. He, he, he threw Aaron Solo at him, and he beat him. He threw his other the other guy who he called his top student, I forget the name they gave him, at Hook, and Hook beat him. Um, and now, you know, now he gets to face the fucking sensei, right? This is the cap off the feud. Cause he, they, he's been at, you know, he's been coming at hook for months again. 
this company doesn't tell stories, right? <laughs> They've been telling this story for months. Like, this has been Hook's through line the whole time. Like, QT Marshall is annoyed at the attention he gets and and how he doesn't appreciate it for helping to train him. And now they're having a match. And it's going to rule. It's going to be cool as hell. It's going to be 30 seconds. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all about this. Uh, also on the pre-show, Chris Statlander versus legit Layla Hirsch. They've been doing a little bit of build for this one. I mean, it, it's it's again, <laughs> they don't tell stories, but I think they've been telling a an interesting story with this. And and yeah, it makes the pre-show is is it's not a skippable pre-show. There are two things that have some sort of stories and some sort of backbone uh, to them on this pre-show, and Statlander and Hirsch right there with Hook and, and and Marshall as well in terms of you know a match that that has been you know it's not just thrown on there to throw on there. There's there's a purpose behind it. I've been critical of this storyline. Um, but it has been a storyline. This isn't just a random match with two people. Right. Um, they were they were teaming in trios matches with Red Velvet, and they just couldn't get along. Finally, it came to a head, and they broke up. And my whole problem all along was twofold. Number one, why were Statlander and Red Velvet still putting up with this person when she was being a pain in the balls on every match? They they they, they should have just stopped teaming with her long before that. So it's the kind of logic gap you don't typically get in AEW. So that bothered me. The other thing that bothers me about this is I feel like this is a YouTube-level feud. I feel like if you do Layla Hirsch, Chris Statlander on the YouTube shows, I don't have any problem with it. In fact, I think the YouTube shows should do more of that and have more matches that are meaningful and and between wrestlers that are feuding and with wrestlers who could use the reps like Layla Hirsch. Um, I just don't think this is pay-per-view worthy, uh, even for a pre-show. I would have much rather have seen Jamie Hayter versus Mercedes Martinez which I think, number one, is a much better match, first of all. Number two, I think has been built better with a better story. Jamie Hayter has been eye-rolling and being annoyed with Mercedes Martinez for like weeks and weeks because she felt like Britt disrespected her by bringing somebody else in Mm -hmm. to do the dirty work. So she didn't like Martinez to begin with. And then when it finally came to a head, who was the one that attacked Martinez? It was Jamie Hayter because she had all this pent up frustration because she felt like Britt didn't respect her and, and she didn't like the new girl in town. So, and, and, it'll, and, it'll, and it would have been a better match. So I would have liked to have seen Jamie Hayter and Mercedes Martinez in this spot. They went with Statlander, Layla Hirsch. It, it's just not a story that I have enjoyed. It's not, it involves a wrestler that I don't think is very good. So it's not for me, but I get it and I understand why it's there. Uh, and then the main show, uh, we'll start with the uh, TBS championship match. Uh, Jade Cargill, Tay Conti. Um, this one has potential to be... This is going to be a very interesting match in the sense that... And, 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 and Jade segments and Jade matches are this way as well. There's a presence. There's, there's a, a, a weight to everything Jade Cargill does because she's just a charisma machine. And she just has a different look and feel to her. And it's it's pretty awesome. It's, it's pretty great to see like a, 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 the budding, you know quote-unquote stardom or whatever. Whatever's going to happen with Jay Carl, I have no idea, but like it, it, it feels like you're in on the ground floor right now and you feel like there's something kind of happening. The problem, though, is the bell-to-bell is still a little rough, and when she's in there with uh, a great worker, it's like, okay, that's fine. Like, you have no, you know, you know that most of the g- good women's workers on that roster are going to be able to, to work with her just fine and get and get things worked out and yada, yada. It's, it's going to be great. But, like, with 
take Conti, it's a little bit of a worry because she's also the somebody that kind of rises to the occasion when she's there with somebody that's pretty good. And putting these two in the ring together is is it's tricky. I don't know exactly how it's going to go. And maybe I'm working myself into a shoot and Jay Cargill's just going to beat her in like two minutes and it's not going to matter and it's not going to, you know, I don't, but I don't sense that that's the way they're going. But Joe, where, 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 where do you stand on this match? Do you think that something's going to be quick or do you think it's something that's, that's they're going to try to have these two go out there and, and have a, you know, a back and forth type of match? It's with Cargill. It's a mixed bag. I mean, there are times where I watch her and I'm thinking, "Oh, she's coming around," mm-hmm. and then the very next week, it's like, "Oh my God, she's the shits." And I think it, she's still very inexperienced. She's still a literal rookie. Um, I don't even know if she has a full year of matches under her belt yet, and she's very green. And what the company has decided to do is, "Fuck it, we're gonna, we're just gonna fucking, we're gonna plow through it because of her." Aura and the fact that she comes across like a superstar and that she can talk and that she looks the way she does. We are just going to plow through the work, hope she improves on the fly, but she's getting pushed. For better or worse, we're pushing her. That's the decision they've made. So some nights it's going to look like, you know, uh, you know, there's something there. And other nights you're going to be reminded that she's super green. Right. I don't know what's going to happen here because I think Tay Conti in a lot of ways is very overrated because I think she's better than Jade, but I think it's the same. You don't know what you're going to get kind of element with her where she looks phenomenal one night. And then you're like, eh, you know, she doesn't look that great. Yeah. This, this is the type you know, of, this could be a train wreck. It really could. Yeah. It's the type of match that you, you, you kind of, if I, you know, if I was running, I would kind of have them here all weekend trying to kind of <laughs> plan it out and, and get it kind of ready. But you also don't necessarily want to do that too much. You don't want them to be too reliant on that because what happens in that situation, you have a match where you have two green workers and you say, okay, here's every spot you're going to do. And here's everything that's going to happen is the second that breaks down. And, and, and that's perfectly plausible that that would break down and I've seen that happen on the Indies as well with two green workers who go out there and they they've been in the back for the last two hours planning this entire match then something goes wrong and then they have no fucking clue how to get the thing back on track you know what I mean like yeah and that is my worry with Tay and 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 Jade is that they're not that so it's this kind of weird thing where yeah you can plan it out to make it a good match but then if something goes wrong it's gonna go real wrong but you can't also trust them to get in the ring and just call it you know what I mean like like Danielson and Daniels probably just said four minutes before they went out there all right we got what 12 minutes all right let's go out there and work and just went out there and worked a wrestling match because they're two you know ridiculously great professional wrestlers like Jade and and, and Tay aren't that so there's got to be this weird balance that you're gonna have to play of okay have some spots that you have in mind having some things you have in in, in mind but also yeah we we got to keep this kind of tight we got to keep this kind of basic because neither of you are 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 tremendous workers or like I said we're gonna be working ourselves into a shoot and the bell rings and Jade beats her in you know a minute or whatever which is is, I think not impossible well, the thing about Jade is I can't really – look, the fact is her she's a draw now. I mean her segments right. are all – all her quarter hours are popping numbers. They've gotten her over. They've gotten her over. So, look, historically in wrestling, you know, not everybody who's over is a refined worker. I mean sometimes you just got to deal with it, with the warts. You know, so from their perspective, she's over and they've created a potential star. And she's well on her way to becoming a star. Mm-hmm. So that's really what matters. Now, look, when when it, like her match with AQA fell apart, neither one of them knew what to do to, to get it back exactly. on track. And that's the, the, the danger with her because she's so super green and not having her in there with a Mercedes Martinez or, 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 or Jamie Hayter or something who's going to know what to do. 
Um, and, and, you know, in that instance, you had the referee, I think it was Bryce Remsburg, who ended up having to call the spots because both of them froze because they didn't know what to do when, when, when it went off the tracks. So that's the danger you're going to have with Jade right now until she gets that experience. And that takes years. I mean, there's wrestlers three, four, five years in who are still green in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, I just put an article behind the paywall, $10 tier, where I break down a lot of the NXT 2.0 talent and my, my fair and sometimes brutal assessments of what they are and where they are. And, you know, and, and there's a lot of those themes in that article as well. That's getting good reviews, by the way. $10 tier if people want to read that. But, uh, but yeah, so who knows with this? This could be – or they can go out – look, I thought the post-match angle last week to set the match up was very good. Mm. But that's 15 seconds. So I don't know. Uh, Tornado Trios match. This is a match, unfortunately, I can't say that I care very much about, even though I like a lot of the people in it. Uh, Andrade, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy versus Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and Sting. You're going to have to sell me on this one, Joe. I, uh... Well, I mean, I'd much rather just have a Sammy Guevara title defense against somebody. Yes. But, um, look, they're going to do a Tornado Trios. Uh, I think they just wanted – I think Khan wanted to get Sting on the show. I think he wants Sting on all the pay-per-views. He's paying Sting. Yeah. Seven figures, and he wants him on the pay-per-view. That's, that's <laughs> what it's comes down to. Yeah. He's paying CM Punk a shit ton of money. He's on every fucking TV show. Okay? That's just, you know, this is like sports where you, you give a big free agent. Like in baseball, you pay some big free agent, and he's hitting 180 in fucking May. You're not benching him. No, he's still betting forth. He's still yeah. betting forth because, yeah. Because you're paying him $28 million a year. It's like he's got to hit his way out of this, but we're going down with the ship. That's – I think what's happening here. You do I have thing? Do I have to watch Matt Hardy though? I hope. What I, can I do to not watch Matt Hardy? If it were up to me, I would never watch Matt Hardy again. You, you know, know how I you mean? don't care about Dominic, and you will never yeah. care about Dominic. I will never care about Matt Hardy ever. Do you like Andrade thinking Darby's a small child? Because I love that. That is pretty good. Yes. I do like that. I just really don't want Matt Hardy. Honestly, if you replace Matt Hardy in this match, I'm probably more into it. I just – I can't care about Matt Hardy anymore. And they're going to try to make me care about a Hardy Boys reunion, and I really don't care about the Hardy Boys anymore. So, like – Andrade thinks Darby is a small child who works for Sting. Yes, I love, he thinks, <laughs> which is fantastic, yeah. He thinks Darby is child labor for Sting. Which like, might be a shoot. I, I, I wouldn't put it past Andrade legitimately thinking at one point that Darby Allen was a child. So I, it's just it's just hilarious. Yeah, I mean, great. I love that story. But yeah, you got to get Matt Hardy out of there. <laughs> would I rather just have a TNT title match? Uh, I would. But sure, it, look, it's, sure. uh, it could be fun. I mean, they're going to brawl all over the building and fucking, you know, something I've noticed. I talked about this behind the paywall as well. We don't even no one ever even has the discussion anymore of, oh, my God, can we trust Sting out there? It's like he just is. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. We did used to have those. Remember? No, yeah, everyone did. He's gonna now fall into. He's gonna collapse into a pile of yeah. dust at any point. Now he's just a guy on the roster who wrestles like once every two months, and he's good every time he goes out there. So, at some point, age is gonna catch up, and they do use a lot of. They do hide him in a lot. They do protect him in a lot of ways, but that's smart. And I don't think the Sting thing, like you, you, you're never in fear. It's gonna become a farce. Whereas before we saw him wrestle. There was that fear that this could be a farce, but no one even talks about that right. anymore because he's been really good. Uh, the next match for Wrestling Dontaku 2022 is Jurassic Express, Red Dragon, and the Young Bucks in a uh, World Tag Team Championship match. A three-way tag team match here. 
on uh, oh sorry revolution i said wrestling don't talk revolution is the match that this is on so freudian freudian slip yeah. you're thinking of uh all those wrestling times Every... <laughs> um, yeah this is this is a classic booking here red dragon young bucks and then another team <laughs> you know what I mean? like in this yeah. just classic 2014 to 2016 new japan undercards here but uh this should be just as good as all those matches were probably we always talked about those matches they were good but they were just boring because they were the same thing every single month every single time but when they were done we'd be like yeah i don't know four stars that's pretty good you know yeah. like, we would three preview it we yeah. would preview it and be like ah oh, fuck it's goddamn time splitters versus red dragon the bucks yeah. again Ugh. and then the match would be done and we were like that was really good that was great and then the next month we go ah god damn it it's this match again but they were always really Pongy really good vice. Uh, yeah. yeah right yeah. oh great rapongi vice and the red dragon in the box here we go again yeah i don't want to see and then yeah it'd be done it'd be three and three quarters or four stars it'd be great uh, third best match on the show tremendous stuff yeah. yeah i could see that being the exact same scenario here i mean i have no doubt this match is going to be good i only have one wish just get the titles off of the land of the lost dorks and <laughs> let's fucking move on with this. I, I can't stand them. I, they just drive me nuts. The dopey dinosaur and fucking Tarzan boy. No use. No use for it. Um, is Christian just a manager now? Like, what are we doing? Like, uh, have- yeah, I'm not sure what we're doing with Christian uh, right now. Is he injured and it's just yeah, he, he is at this current time not outworking anybody. So I'm not sure. No. Um, he hasn't. No, he's not outworking literally anyone. So I don't know what's up with that. If we're going to turn Christian on Jungle Boy and then, you know, have Jungle Boy win a feud against Christian, which I think would be smart to do, can we fucking shit or get off the pot? Let's, yeah, let's do that. I like them waiting on the MJF Wardlow thing, but I would like for them to stop waiting on the <laughs> Christian versus uh, Jungle Boy thing. That'd be. Yeah, that'd I mean, if that's what the plan is, I'd like to fucking. Because, you, you know, you could have Christian beat the dinosaur guy to, to heat that up and then. You know, but then obviously you want the fucking, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk booties to beat Christian in the end uh, because that's the, you know, obviously you want the veteran to put the future who you think is, I'm still not sold, but who you think is a future star over. Um, but can we just get to that already? And can we please get the tag team titles off of these guys? I just, I, th- this is one of the acts in the company that I just, they do nothing for me. In fact, I, I kind of don't like them a little bit. Yeah, I'd be, all, uh, I'd be really down with the Red Dragon Neil Bucks. Thing for a little while too so hopefully yeah hopefully this is a conduit to the christian jungle boy breaking up thing maybe the titles get on the red dragon and then we just have red dragon bucks you know feuding for the titles would be pretty great uh, moving forward but i think this will be a pretty fun match uh because it features the young bucks so i have no doubt that it's going to be good because they... hey did you did you catch Khan saying i'm gonna do trios titles but i'm waiting for kenny omega to come back you know that was interesting that he mm-hmm, gave that mm-hmm, away yeah because you know that's smart for a couple different reasons number one Kenny Omega is pushing 40. He has a million injuries he's coming off of. And you can put him in the trios division where he doesn't have to work quite as hard. He's still going to kill himself anyway because he's Kenny Omega. But he's taking one-third of the bumps. Right. Right? So it's smart from that perspective. It's also smart from the perspective of if you're going to roll out a new division and a new title, if you're going to center the division around Kenny Omega, it tells the fans that those titles are – matter and are important absolutely yeah one of our a guy who was just recently a world champion is now a trios champion so these titles matter yeah they're not just being put on you know the gun club (laughs) if the gun club are your initial champions that's not good you know what i mean that that kind of tells you it's a dork title right off the bat i'm with you yeah it's the gun club feuding with the wingmen no one's gonna pay attention to the titles but you know and we went really deep on the roster there i don't think they'd go that deep but the, the point here is now you have a top star. Hey, the Gun Club, they're like 89 and 1, man. I don't know what you're talking about here. So That's true, but the Gun Club, like they they they're like they're like the college football team that hasn't beaten anybody. 
See, that's the thing with the gun club. Yeah. Like whenever they strength of schedule. Yeah. The strength of schedule. Not good for the gun club. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and Tony Khan's such a dork that he works that into the right, right, right. Like there's, there's idiots that don't understand sports that are like, they're 89 and one. Why are they not? And then like, yeah, like the, like the BCS of, of years past, they're like, well, no, I'm not going to, we're not going to put, you know, and they play in the Sun Belt. (laughs) Right. Right. I don't care that San Jose State's 12 and 0. They haven't played anybody. That's why it took the gun club like three years to get to number <laughs> right. one. Like, and I'm not even sure if they got all the way there. I think they just right, right. beating up a New Mexico State is not the same as you know beating Ohio State. So no, we're not going to count San Jose State as as a, a top tier. Uh, you know, Louisiana yeah. Lafayette. No, you're going to have to wait in line, guys. You're not quite there yet. So so anyway, that's why it's smart, I think, to roll out those titles around Omega and presumably the Bucks would be his partners. Right. Um, but that that is very smart, and they've done a great job with anytime they've rolled out a title putting it on someone who matters. Cody established the TNT title right off the bat. Now Jade Carkill is getting the Goldberg push to establish the TBS title. And you're going to center the trios titles around Kenny Omega. It's just it, that, that that's how you need to do it. And for anybody who's about to say, oh, you mentioned San Jose State and they're not in the Sun Belt. and da, 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 da. You don't get the college football conference explain me because I'm a man who still plays NCAA 14. I know they're in the Mountain West. All right. I brought up San Jose State. <laughs> I did bring up a Sun Belt team in Louisiana Lafayette, though. So there you go. New Mexico State was in the Sun Belt for a while. Uh, were they in the Sun Belt? Or were, I, I forget where they were. They, they bounce were all over the place. While. I think when Hal Mum was the coach. Man, <laughs> oh, <did>. God. <laughs> yeah. So I was in a I was in an NCAA whatever year online league that was a Sun Belt league, and, and New Mexico State was my team. Hell, yeah. So. I think I was in that league with you. Yeah, we used to do – the break off of that league that I think you yeah. and I were both in was we did a uh, uh, one-star thing where you had to stick with like a one-star – I forget what our, our, our rules were, but yeah. it didn't necessarily have to be a Sun Belt, but you had to be a one-star team, and it had to be like a pathetic one-star team, and you had to really – like you, you couldn't leave until they were like a four-star team or whatever. I mean, that league, we went on for – years on that league and I was New Mexico State in that league as well it was like seven seven years into that that I was finally able to move to Syracuse or whatever you know you couldn't leap too much else though you had to like stick with kind of a shitty team so I when I moved to Syracuse it was like holy crap like I felt like I was the king shit in that league I I was like oh my god I can recruit three-star guys now that look out like it's over so (laughs) that 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 in in our league we had the you could only do one pump fake per drive because the cornerbacks were so dumb in that game that they would fall for the quarterback pump fake mm-hmm. uh, at like an 80% clip. So we had to, uh, you know, put – what do they call it in NASCAR when they, to slow the cars? The down. restrictor plates. The restrictor plates. We had to put a there. restrictor yeah. plate on the fucking <laughs> – Pump fakes. Yeah. On pump fakes. The R1. R1. The pump Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's embedded in my fucking brain. The fucking pump. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. All right, let's get to uh, John Moxley, Brian Danielson, another feud that I absolutely just fucking love in the simplicity of it. It's just two professional wrestlers. They don't like each other. There's uneasiness about each other. Nobody had to get run over by a car. Nobody had to be set on fire. There didn't. It's just two dudes that talk a bunch of shit, and now they're going to prove, find out on Sunday which one is a better wrestler, Brian Danielson or John Moxley. And I, Joe, I'm here for it. I love this feud. Yeah, well, Moxley said, look, man, I think it's a good idea if we come together and just tear ass through everybody, but I don't team with anybody before I bleed with them. Yeah, it's great. And that's total Moxley shit. And then Danielson's like, all right, dude, but I'm telling you, you're going to be the only one bleeding. All right, let's get it on. I love it. Let's do it. It's so great. Yeah, it's you could totally buy that, like, this is the type of match that, you know, when they're done, they'll sit in the ring, arm in arm, 
light up a cigarette and go, ah, that was a good one, pal. You know what I mean? Like one of those things where like what you, we always say like, or, or, you know, people will say like when you, you're fighting with your friends is like the most yeah. brutal fights. But then when it's over, it's like, all right, man, we good. You good? All right, cool. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Then we're good. Like, and I have no doubt that when this feud's over or this fight's over, that these two guys are gonna like hit each other in the chest and be like, "All right, you proved something there, pal." All right, let's get it. And then they like they're probably gonna be buddies after this. Like, I don't know if they're gonna be a team or whatever, but like, I, I fully buy that this is the start of, of a very very good friendship between. Yeah, these you two, know what? So. I haven't figured out where it's going, and I'm glad. Yeah, I, I don't know if you know they're gonna earn each other's respect. And yeah, maybe Danielson's going to be just such a fucking prick about it, and yes, Moxie's going to say, hey, you proved it to yourself to me, and Danielson's going to slap and say, I don't have to prove shit to you, dude. Who are you? Like, you know? Yeah, exactly. Maybe maybe they continue to feud, because Danielson has still been very much a heel. And I thought when he got away from the Hangman feud, he would kind of drift back towards the middle. But he took a powder last night instead of fighting Moxie. Yeah, I think he's having too much fun. I think he's just loving he's it. He's still a heel, so I don't know if it works to put them together. And and realize this Danielson idea of, you know, let's get Lee Moriarty away from Matt Seidel. Let's get Daniel Garcia away from 2.0. You know, these guys are, you know, we can do more for them than these guys can. Like, I don't know if that's ever going to happen because Danielson has just been leaning too far heel. And and so so I don't know. But I'm glad I don't know where, who's going to win. I have no feel for who's going to win the match. I don't know what direction any of this is going to go. I do know that Brian Danielson is having the time of his life. He's wrestling Lee Moriarty. He's wrestling Daniel Garcia. He's wrestling Christopher Daniels. This is the shit he wanted to do I on know. SmackDown when he wanted to wrestle Drew Gulak and all these other guys. And now he's getting a chance to do all the shit he wants to do. And they're How all great. How great was the Daniels Danielson one too? Oh, I I, I know it was. Uh, I had a smile on my face the whole time. time. Yeah, and you just know that these two do. Like I said at the beginning, like when I was talking about Cargill and and, and, and Conti, you just know that those two dudes got to the arena. They they knew they were facing one another. They didn't talk for a minute before they went out there. They're they're at you know right before they go through the curtain. They got twelve minutes. All right, cool. Let's go out there and do it. And then just like two professional wrestlers having a great professional wrestling match for twelve minutes. It's so wrestling is so easy when when you're good at it. You know what I mean? And and and, and when you let good wrestlers just be good wrestlers, it is stupid easy how it how, how simple it can be. I would love to see them form a team and beat the fucking the cavemen geeks for the tag team title. Would, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I don't think that's where this is all going. I but, don't uh, think so. Yeah, not not my prediction, but hey, that'd I'll be pretty... settle for the Young Bucks and Red Dragon having a three month <laughs> right. feud. I'll settle for that. Uh, then we have Chris Jericho, Eddie Kingston, a little bit more, uh, you know, less a little, the, the, maybe the exact opposite, the polar opposite of Moxley and Danielson here. Uh, Jericho and Eddie Kingston. What, what have you thought of this build so far? Because I've been there's weeks that I like it, there's weeks where I don't, and I don't know what my I, I don't know what my assessment is fully of this match. I think the whole. I'm a superstar. I'm a sports entertainer. I didn't even know your name because you're just a, a, a scrubby indie wrestler from the streets. I think that's a brilliant build because that, you know, rallies people around Eddie Kingston. It's the perfect motivating factor for his character. Um, are there two different Chris Jericho's? How do you get in that kind of shape that quickly? I just, dude, I never know what that guy. I mean, three weeks ago, he looked like a fucking blimp. I, I, how did this happen? I'm, I'm never quite sure. He also uh, continued. Well, now he's actually got real abs. Like he used to have that because he, he would always amaze me with he would, he would be fat, but he would also have abs. And I could never understand how he would do that. And now he's just got normal abs. Yeah, he's just, he looks tremendous. He looks like he lost like 45 pounds in, in, in two weeks. So I know and he that, looks like and he looks like he's 35 years old. Yeah, it's I don't know what's been going on. I've, I've heard that he uh, 
has maybe uh, been consuming less of one thing that he was consuming a lot of before. So you're, which, you're saying he got off the sauce. I, that, I'm not saying that. I'm just alluding that, you know, the pop, Joe. He was drinking too much pop. Okay. <laughs> and I think that right. he's drinking less pop now. And he I think switched, He switched the pomegranate water. Right. He switched the pomegranate vitamin water and it appears to be doing wonders to his... his, his. I mean, shit, look at John Moxley, man. I mean, that that's another guy, too, that, like... I didn't even quite notice how he had, he was looking for a while, but like one time I was watching Dynamite and the nurse walks in and goes, "Holy shit, what happened to John Moxley?" And I was like, "I don't know, just that a kid, you know? He's a little he's a little stressed out or whatever." And she goes, "No, he looks like awful." And I was like, "Yeah, he looks fine, whatever." A little, little puffy. Yeah, a little, and then I was like, "Ah, he just had a kid. He's a you know, whatever." And then when he came back, she was watching. You go see that's how he's supposed to look, and I was like, "Well, yeah, now we." I think I know why you thought he looks so terrible now. But, like, yeah, he, him and I, – I don't know if that's the same thing Jericho's doing. But, um, yeah, he looks great. He looks tremendous. So, whatever he's doing, keep it up. Yeah. No, he, he – and I'm sure it's going to help his performance. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, You know, I, you, you got to be a little terrified when when uh, Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man Jericho era was, like, you know, thinking of doing lion salts. It's like, hey, listen, buddy, uh, that might not be the best idea at the current condition you're in. But I, I feel like he could do everything again now. He looks great. No, he looks tremendous. No, yeah. But the build, I think, is a smart build, and and um, you know, he he had the uneasy fist bump with Proud and Powerful last night. So I think that's going to play into the match at some point, and um, and we'll see. But it's an interesting match. Look, Chris Jericho has become a solid and valuable little mid Carter for this company. It's very obvious he's not going to be a main eventer anymore, nor should he be. He helped you get off the ground. His title reign was was much needed and very valuable. La champion, all that shit. You know, he, he's an icon of the company forever because of that. But now you've elevated other people. And Chris Jericho is a super valuable mid-card guy to have for feuds like this. And he's another guy who's probably having the time of his life helping a guy like Eddie Kingston get over. So, uh, and all of his quarter hours still pop too. People aren't sick of Jericho, no matter what Twitter tells you. Don't listen to Twitter. Chris Jer- people are not sick of Chris Jericho. Because uh, this quarter hour still pop as well. I cover this stuff every week. So um, good for him for getting in shape. And this is a this is a nice little mid-card match. Uh, face of the Revolution ladder match. Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Wardlow, and then one of Christian Cage or Ethan Page. They're deciding that on Friday's Rampage of who will be the last guy in there. So I guess... Hopefully Christian. Yes. <laughs> and then... Uh, Otherwise, yeah, I don't know. This could go a lot of different ways. I think Wardlow is a very interesting one that could play, obviously, up, uh, you know, play into CM Punk and MJF. Um, I think giving something to Keith Lee and getting him something to sink his teeth into pretty early would be fun as well. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of different ways this can go, but uh, I, I think there's, I think Keith Lee, um, I would say Hobbs, Wardlow are all to me guys that I think could could easily win this thing. Um, I don't know about Cassidy or Starks, but then watch me be wrong, and it's going to be Cassidy that's going to win. So I, I feel like it's wide open, but I think. I think I'm going to eliminate Keith Lee because the last two weeks where they've had Starks and Hobbs confronting him, that kind of tells He's got me. something else. He's got something else he can sink yes, his teeth into that, for a little bit. Yeah, the, That's going to be the direction. Yeah. I think it's going to be Keith Lee feuding with Team Taz coming out of this match. They'll probably somehow eliminate him in a dastardly way or something. Like, I could see Keith Lee, like, shoulder-blocking Starks, like, over the top rope, and then... Starks and Hobbs like yanking them out from the outside, something like that, and then uh, they'll feud, and then whoever's going to win this match is going to win it. I did love a couple weeks ago Starks saying to Hobbs uh, that 
you know, where 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 uh, where where Lee said the only guy I'm familiar with is Ricky Starks, and then Starks enters the scene and and uh, and and brings up kind of their Texas history, where he's like, oh, you know, you know, yeah, I am the only guy you're familiar with. We we may have crossed paths in another territory. Shout out Inspire Pro. Right? Yeah. Oh man, come on. Pro. I mean, that's good stuff, you know. So it's it's funny that they they kind of weaved. Uh, uh, you know, like their Texas indie history into this thing too. So, but yeah, anyway, that's why I kind of throw Lee out. Otherwise he would have been the favorite, but you never know. I mean, I just don't think that was a throwaway thing where MJF said, go ahead and win it. You can keep it. So um, unless that's too obvious, it's good that I can't figure it out. Mm -hmm. Uh, A feud and a match that I think is not getting enough love for for the build that it's 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 you know that that has led to this. The match that I think is going to be tremendous is AEW Women's World Title here. Uh, Doctor Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. I think you know talk about a feud and a build and talk about like you said that once their matches are quote unquote over, the feud isn't over. In, In WWE land, these two would have faced each other last year. It would have been over and then they would move on and they would never, you know, they would cross paths again, but it'd be a totally different feud. It would not. This is like you can weave this in and out of the last year and a half or whatever. You can weave this in and out of, you know, the last year. It, it's 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 something that AEW, I, I think, does and, and makes it, you know, it, it's not an easy thing to do. It, it takes care. It takes thought. It takes planning. It takes practice or whatever to do it. But it's something that, that I love that AEW does that. that yeah, this feud has a path that goes a year plus, even if these two weren't at each other's throats for a year, but it can kind of get back to this and reference a past moment or whatever. But I think, you know, this specific part of the build, I don't think has been tremendous, tremendous stuff, but I do think these two being kind of lifelong or quote unquote lifelong, you know, feuding, you know, or, or, or you know, rivals in, in AEW is going to be pretty cool. And I'm really looking forward to this match. And I feel like it's kind of getting lost on this card where there's a lot of other really good stuff on this card, but it shouldn't be. Cause I think this is going to be tremendous. And as, as, Every chance to be the best match on the entire show. Wow, you, I think you summed it up pretty well. I mean, you left me lost for words. What does that tell you? <laughs> the first. <laughs> I sure. always, I, I always have words. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates. It's all just a shot in the dark until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah, you can open it and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, ah, Hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing, you know, nothing of value. Not with arena club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. 
But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, you know, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Well, uh, then I guess we'll get to the championship here. Uh, this will be yeah. the, the, the quote-unquote last match of the night. Uh, Hangman Page versus Adam Cole, AEW World Title. I'm, I hate to say that I'm kind of indifferent on this match, and it's not because of Hangman Page. I thought if you would have told me that, hey, there's it's going to be Hang- Adam Cole versus Hangman Page, and the reason you're not going to be into it is Hangman Page. And I'm going to probably say, yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about what I would say. It's not Hangman Page, though. I, I think he his character's been pretty good. I've kind of enjoyed what I've seen from Hangman Page. I just I don't know if I f- I'm feeling the Adam Cole character. I don't think I'm feeling Adam Cole as a main eventer. I don't think I'm feeling Adam Cole as a guy that has a chance to win the title. And I don't exactly know why. I, I, I Maybe you can try to reason me through this of why I should care a little bit. I'm just kind of like, I don't know, like give me punk and MJF, give me Moxley and Danielson, give me Baker and, and Rosa, you know, give me all this other stuff on this card. But I have just not that much. I don't know. I'm just not that interested in this match. It's not a hot match. Um, but I think hangman page is doing the best work of his life right now. And I think that Adam Cole is a guy who we say this all the time and a big spot always delivers a big time match. So I think despite the fact that a lot of great stuff is going to precede it, I think these guys are going to deliver in the main event and have a great match that gets over with the crowd. So I'm not worried about that. Oh yeah. yeah, I agree. Do I feel like it's a hot match coming in? I don't. Um, It doesn't, it's not a cold match either. It's just, eh, all right, decent enough build, but I'm not feeling like this is, I mean, I said it at the top. I mean, you know, it's obviously not nearly as hot as Punk and MJF. And this company is deep enough now with such big stars that you got to work to be the hottest thing on the show. You know, you got to work to be the real main event. Right. And and that's a good thing. You know, it's, it's not just a situation where, you know, just because it's the title match, you know, by default. No, Hangman Page, he's still kind of finding himself. I've enjoyed his title reign, but he's still kind of finding himself in terms of being a top star. And it's going to take some time, and it may never happen. For him to get on the same level as a CM Punk or a Brian Danielson, and in my opinion, an MJF. I think MJF's ahead of him, uh, despite the fact that one has the title and one doesn't. And, you know, it, 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 that's, that's wrestling. That's competitive. That's, you know, earning your spot. That's one guy's hotter than the other. Maybe we should do a title change. Yeah, that's the history of wrestling, the way it's supposed to work. One guy's hotter than the other. They get the spot. 
And I just don't feel like this is the hottest match on the show. And, you know, I, I know CM Punk is a tough act to, 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 to deal with, but that's how it goes, you know? So, um, but I think it'll be a great match. And I'm not trying to slag off on the hangman. I, I love the Brian Danielson stuff. I love the Lance Archer match. I mean, loved it. Um, and I think that these two guys are going to have a great match. And I've really enjoyed the hangman page title reign. Um, I, I kind of get the sense there, there's a feeling that I have when it comes to hangman that this is not going to be his definitive title reign in this company. I feel like he's going to lose this title at some point and his best and most definitive and most well-remembered run will be the next time he wins the title. Right. Somewhere down the line. It's, it's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. And, I, again, like I said, I think I've been pretty, I've been totally fine with with, with Hangman. I, I think his, his him as champion has been fine with me. I just, I've never, I, I very rarely am a Cole guy. Like I, I've, I've like, yeah. with that being said, like I'm positive this match is going to be good. Like Adam Cole always delivers in the ring. I always like his in ring. I just, I'm always at a loss for really caring about an Adam Cole match going in. A lot of times they will make me care, and he will make me care as the match goes on. I mean, one of the, one of the best moments I've ever seen of live wrestling was him and Gargano in New York at TakeOver. Going to that match, I didn't give a shit, but I thought he was really good in that match. I thought Gargano was great in the match or whatever, and that's kind of how I've been with Cole for a while. So I I can understand that some people might be way into this if you're big, you know, a big Cole guy, but to me, I don't know. It just hasn't been... And, and like you said, it's tough because like <laughs> when you're on the same show as MJF and CM Punk doing like literally the one of the best feuds I've seen in the last, you know, decades or whatever. Like, yeah, it's going to be hard to kind of follow that up. But like you said, that's kind of that's kind of the problem with this company. I mean, yeah, fuck it. environment. Sorry. Bad. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, you know, so um, that's why I, I said, you know, and on, on a much smaller scale, that's why I feel like. Jamie Hader and Mercedes Martinez earned their way onto this show over Statlander and Hirsch. Um, that you know, that's obviously a far different scale. But you, I think you, I think you should earn your way into spots on shows and into spots on the actual shows and to spots on the roster as opposed to, I'm the Booker. This is your preordained destination, and we're just going to get there. And I think a lot of bookers fall into that trap. Yeah, I'm pushing this guy or this person or I'm doing this thing. Here's my lineup. And then they're inflexible on it. I think you always have to be flexible and go with the flow and say, and this is not an, I'm not saying you need to take the title off hangman page or anything like that. It's just, I'm talking big picture now. You know, I think you always have to be flexible because what you, you're, what you envision in your head may not always be what plays out with the, with the, with the fans. And that's ultimately what matters. Um, it's somewhat related. I think sometimes with Tony Khan and the way he books, you know, a lot of times people will say that um, some of the stories don't feel particularly fleshed out or they jump from point A to point C and they skip point B. And I do see that sometimes watching the weekly TV. I think what happens with Tony Khan, and I've been thinking about this a lot, I think he plans things out in his head and then plays them out in his head and then plans them out. And they don't play out quite the same way in reality as they did in his head. But I think he fills in the gaps with his headcanon. 
I don't know if I'm making any sense. No, no, I totally do. Yeah, where he 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 says, well, hey, th- I want to get this is what I want the story to be, and and is inflexible if that story doesn't quite land exactly to the because fans. Because to him, it's landing because in his head, it landed. Already. Right, right, right. This is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, because a lot of times I'll hear him talk about feuds or whatever and describe them, and I'm like, oh wow, that sounds really cool, and I did miss this detail, and he is right about this, but I'm still cold on the feud because. <laughs> It didn't play out in reality. It's not, yeah, it's not exactly what we've seen on television so far. Right. It doesn't play out in reality the way it has played out in his head and the way he thought it through. And I think that, um, you know, if I were to have a conversation with him, I would make him – I would try to get him to think about that. Like, like Tony, it doesn't always play out on screen the way it, it has already played out in your head. And I think sometimes you have to listen to the crowds – and listen to the fans and and look, wrestlers are performers and that they're not always a hundred percent. They they might not always understand your vision the way you're laying it out to them. They might not always have the same idea of how to get to point A to point B as you do. And they may not perform it in the way that you were intent. There's a million things that go into this. And I do think sometimes in this company, you see some of the stories are a little scattered and and not always as as uh, linear as you'd want them to be. And I think that's because Tony has already, and, and I don't think it's intentional. I think he's just in his head. It's working because I've already thought it through mm-hmm. and we've played it out on TV and it, it and, and that's what I, and, and it just, it, it, and everyone understands it. Cause I understand. And I don't think that's always the case. Um, hopefully that didn't come out like Mishma. I hope people understand the point I'm trying to make, but um, that doesn't it doesn't have anything to do with Paige and Cole, other than maybe this feels like a hotter issue to Tony than it does to the rest of us. I don't know. So that is AEW Revolution. Again, we will have a uh, an instant reaction live immediately following the show on Sunday. So patreon.com slash voices of wrestling, ten dollar tier. Uh, to get on that Instant Reaction Live AEW Revolution 2022. And again, if you're in the, uh, not in the U.S. and you're going to order this show on Fight, uh, make sure you use the link voicesofwrestling.com slash Fight to do so. It'll help us out tremendously. All right. Don't you wish that we could break down and analyze and be that excited about WWE? <laughs> I know. It's insane. If, it was and, be, we, if we really could have legitimately done three hours preview oh, of this yeah. revolution alone if we needed to. It, and I couldn't – I can't muster up a single ounce of enthusiasm to think about WWE at all. To think about WrestleMania. Think about Our, my preview of WrestleMania is uh, we literally could do 20 minutes and be done. Yeah. It's, just, it's just disposable, shallow junk that yeah. you can't get into. And I was thinking about this the other day. I know that you have already been here, but I have finally reached a point where I have – zero percent investment in anything happening in that None. company whatsoever and i've never been they've, at zero. they've ceased to exist for me i mean i honestly yeah. don't even and like and i'm and i'm pretty much there yeah. it's only for this job that i pay any attention to it i am at absolute zero for the first time ever because there was always at least something oh nxt is good oh 205 live you know big match buddy and mustafa ali that stuff is good or there's one you know, Brock Lesnar's doing something cool, or there's one storyline I like, or NXT UK is is had some cool matches. Like, I am at absolute firm zero when it comes to any enthusiasm or interest in WWE. I have finally got to where you have been, and I can't muster any enthusiasm whatsoever for anything that's happening in that company 
at all. And the worst Not part is coming going back is going to be very difficult. It might never happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it might it might take a lot of things for it to go back. But yeah, it is it, it is the completely out of sight, out of mind for me right now. It is it, it complete like you said. Like we haven't even talked about WrestleMania or ticket sales or anything like that. And it's like, all right, yeah, I guess we could if we need to. We don't need to. You know what I mean? Like I, we will eventually, I'm sure. But it's 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 so out of sight, so out of mind right now. It is it is pretty unbelievable uh, where we've gotten to. Uh, there, but uh, yeah, not a lot of other podcasts are going to do that and, and admit that to you. So, uh, all right, let's talk about uh, oh, Jesus. Control your narrative, Joe. Uh, where to start with uh, control your narrative? Uh, it's a new ish promotion from EC3 Killer Cross and the Titan Adam Shear. Is that what is that the Titan? I forget what he's going by. Adam Shear, Adam the Titan. I don't know what it is. Uh, and Joe, it is quite the thing. They have a show this weekend. Uh, from the Tin Roof at Icon Park in Orlando, Florida. And um, <clears throat> take a sip of water here before I, I, I do this. Um, here is the lineup of match, sorry, scheduled fights. Joe, are you ready for the scheduled fights uh, for Control Your Narrative this weekend at the Tin Roof at Icon Park in Orlando, Florida? I guess so. Quote, Josh Woods versus, all caps, The Outspoken Austin Aries. What happens when a man seeks redemption and is met with ire and scorn? What is the hashtag mental health of someone hashtag canceled for stating their hashtag opinion, whether right or wrong? What happens when Woods, he used Wood S there, he didn't use the possessive the right way, that's fine. Hashtag pure potential meets a hashtag complex cast off. I don't know, Rich. What happens? <laughs> what is he talking about? What is he doing? What is EC3 doing here? It is. Why are there so many hashtags? What is going on? I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, I can tell you what's happening. They're for, you know, this promotion has run two shows already. Yes. I don't know how many people are aware of that. How much attention did those two shows get? <laughs> zero. Literally zero. How much attention is this show getting? A lot more. That's what he's doing. And every Twitter activist and every person who hates Austin Aries and every person who thinks EC3 is a Nazi and every person who thinks that, um, you know, name another dope on this show, um, whatever your issue is with whoever else is on the show, who constantly tweets to either dunk on or complain about this promotion is doing exactly what they want you to do because this show is getting more attention than any other show they've ever done. I believe it's all by design. Um, and as a result, I think whatever level of success it has, and I don't think it'll have any, but whatever level of success it does have is a result of all of the people who think it should be shut down and shouldn't exist or are afraid it's an alt-right front and all this other stuff. You're responsible for it because you won't stop fucking talking about it to the point where now I have to talk about this bullshit on my podcast because it's gotten so much attention that we can't ignore it. Right. I, I do I'd think I would love to ignore it. Yes, we, we, we have ignored it. And I'm guessing after this weekend when this show happens and it's bad and it, 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 it nobody the wrestling is horrible or whatever. It's not wrestling. It's performance activism or whatever the hell they're calling it. Yes. I, I'm hoping that when it's done, like this weekend will probably be the expiration date. I, I am I am fully prepared to never talk about control your narrative ever again after this week. But we have to. They've done a good job in getting attention this week, so we'll we'll talk about them this week. Uh, and ideally next week we will never talk about them ever a again. A bunch anymore. of fools. EC three is pulling the strings, baby. Look, that's what's happening here. You're all getting played. Every one of you that goes on Twitter to complain about this fucking thing, 
You're the ones keeping it alive. Nobody talked about the first two shows. They happened in complete anonymity. So, you know, if you don't like this thing, here's an idea. Stop talking about it. Yeah, ignore it, and then it'll go away, probably. That would help a lot. And now I'm going to watch this dopey thing, because how could you not? <laughs> right, they face. Yeah, and like I said, I ho- the show is going to be horrible. I'm positive yeah. of it, and then it will be, the expiration date will come, and then we will never have to talk about it ever again, which will be, yeah. will be very good. But uh, Jamie Stanley, uh, it's Damo and Handsome Jamie Stanley. Uh, quote, uh, Jamie Stanley is a, a, a printing microcosm of a culture obsessed with the superficial. Damo is the personification of coiled rage fueled to fight. What will the result be when... Hashtag America's jawline is met by a heavy Irish fist. Big seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> you want to jump ahead to big seasoning? America's jawline and big seasoning. You want to you want to jump ahead to America's seasoning? We can do that. They're selling seasonings. They're selling yeah. So okay, one second. Let me go to Define um. Big seasoning. <clears throat> I'm gonna try. You want me to try these seasonings on a Joe Eats? Uh. <laughs> I wish they would send you one because I don't really want you to have to buy them but um okay so anyway (laughs) uh so if you go to the control your narrative uh uh, website uh dudesgourmet.com slash collections slash control your narrative easy Uh, at least the the url is easy dudes gourmet yeah uh, control your narrative uh control your nutrition through our specially formulated seasoning oats post-workout regimens jerky and protein ration packs Coming soon. All right, so you have control your beef, right. control your fish, control your chicken, and control your veggies. So I'm going to click on control your fish, Joe. $7.99 for control your fish. Quote, big seasoning has been contaminating yeah. your beef, chicken, fish, and even your vegetables for far too long. Control your nutrition provides all natural ingredients, health Conscious herbs and spices provide flavor that will punch you in the face. The time is now to take back control of your nutrition. Are these seasonings or am I buying fish? I don't know what you're buying, but control your fish. We'll take your salmon, trout, swordfish, and more to the next level. There's a seasoning. While eating clean, yes. So, uh, right, Joe, what are your thoughts on big seasoning? Mrs. Dash and the, and the rest of the, uh, the you, Illuminati. I have, <laughs> yeah. I have felt controlled. And I have felt uh, uh, like I've been held down by big seasoning for a long time, Rich. Lowry's has just got I was going to say Lowry's. You know. These, these, these so, yeah. Um, I will I will buy one of these seasonings, and I will do what Joe eats. <laughs> I see I could pick fish, pork, chicken, whatever McCormick, the fuck. McCormick, yeah. You're not, you're, you're not going to be a slave to McCormick anymore, you know? No, I want, I want the all-natural... Uh, control your narrative seasonings that I know are not being uh, produced by big seasoning. Yeah, I will. I will try that, and I will make. A, I'll get the beef, and I'll make myself a ribeye or something, and uh, I'll tell everybody about the control your narrative seasonings. I got to do that. I think. Health, health conscious seasoning. Yeah, because you're sick of just killing your body with the seasoning that you're putting on there now. Uh, so. Big seasoning. Look, you need seasoning, but unfortunately, big seasoning has been controlling this racket mm-hmm, for mm-hmm, years. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we got to break the cycle. Big seasoning, and we gotta, you know, stop the oppression of big seasoning. Yeah, we're um, coming for you, Mrs. Dash. You're, 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 you know. Yeah, your and time America, is up. Your time is up, Mrs. Dash. And America's jawline is coming for Demo. You know? <laughs> yes. Hey, can we leave Demo alone for taking a booking too? Can we stop saying? Can we keep? Can we stop tweeting at Demo to tell him he's a fucking, uh, you know, he's in the Third Reich because he's taking a pro wrestling booking? Can we chill out with that too, please? Okay, 
He's a guy trying to make a living. Okay, he's, he's taking a pro wrestling booking. Relax. Jeez. Anyway, what's next? On so the, the real reason you're watching the show is your boys, the Righteous, are going to be on here versus EC3 and the Titan Adam Shear. So two-thirds of hashtag the Righteous, Bateman is the Twisted Mind, and William is the disgusting body of a unit that doesn't seek hashtag fame. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, what is that sentence? William is the disgusting body of a unit that doesn't seek fame. Hashtag fans. What's often, happening with that sentence? I, listen, I often describe myself that way. I, As the I, disgusting I, body of a unit that doesn't seek fame? Uh, yeah, I'm not looking for attention ever. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a disgusting body of a unit. At least sometimes on my down days, that's how I feel looking in the mirror. So, uh, yeah, I've described myself in that way at times. You know, uh, William, but luckily, of course, that's it, uh, that's uh, the, the former partner of uh, fucking Detective Dan. That's who that's, <laughs> uh, what the fuck was that guy's name? Dutch. Uh, what was that guy? Sure. You don't know him. I do. No, the guy from Ring of Honor. Remember, he was in Ring of Honor for a little while there. Yeah. He used the team with Detective Dan. Uh, WWE Dutch was his handle. Um, you really don't know who this guy is. No, this I, know, I know. I know. Who you're oh, okay. About. You just you, you you like me struggling over here to describe. I do. Who it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. All right. Dutch Mantel. Remember that these guys kidnapped a bunch of Ring of Honor young boys on the final Ring of Honor show too, and presumably have, have kidnapped them and are holding them hostage in this. Yeah, they've either murdered them or they're still holding them hostage, and they will appear at the at, at the show. So yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, by the by the way, they don't seek hashtag fame. They seek hashtag infamy. Uh, right. And can in hashtag essential character take another step to see a vision through? Can Sheer continue his journey to hashtag rise above his past and become the hashtag heighten, uh, titan he is supposed to be? How much are they charging for the rant room? Let's get into the rant room here because there is so much more here. We have quote. All right. <clears throat> clear my throat here. In the hashtag rant room, you have three minutes to yell and scream and berate your least favorite wrestler with... Zero consequences, in all caps. They will sit there and take it. Lose the keyboard and let it rip. In my quest... Keyboard warriors. <laughs> keyboard warriors. Lose the keyboard and let it rip, Joe. We should do this. If we can get money... I gotta find out I how much money they're gonna make how here. Are, how are we not doing this? There'd be people lined up around the block to yell at me. <laughs> to yell are at you, you yeah. Me? Yeah, I'll take their money. I will, I will... I will. No one's gonna want to yell at me, and then I'll, I'll just port them right to you, and it'll be fantastic. You'll, you'll, so. you'll launder the money like you always yeah, do. Yeah, of course, you'll, of course. You'll skip off the ice. Yeah, I just want to wash uh, the money, and know. then, yeah, it's all yours afterwards, so... Yeah. Uh, uh, in my quest for wrestlers and fans, that was all caps, uh, to have the freedom to speak their truth to the CYN hashtag rant room is a tool for the development of opinionated people to have the hashtag courage to say what they feel to someone's face. I mean, it's a great idea. Are they charging like 20 bucks? I don't know what they're charging. I don't know. I don't know how much the rant room costs, but um, we got to undercut them. Are they are they really going to work people who hate Austin Aries enough to number one buy a ticket <laughs> and then number two buy the right to get into a booth with him and shout at him about vaccines? <laughs> like, know. are they going to work people hard enough that they're going to do that? They very well might. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like, does somebody hate Austin Aries enough to to spend? Like, $40 I'm going to pay. I'm going to pay forty dollars to call him short. <laughs> That'll show. And, him. Yeah, and then. T- Forty dollars for a ticket, and then twenty dollars to yell at him, to 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 tell him he's wrong about vaccines and make a short joke. Like, are they going to work people to do that? I'm fascinated by this because as big of a dick as Austin Aries is, and make no mistake, he's like one of the biggest dicks. Like, 
that I, I can't kill him. For yeah, he's that. gonna come home with a. Th- he's gonna be a dick that's a thousand dollars richer after Saturday. So yeah, I mean that. I mean that's phenomenal. I mean, there's a whole industry of people who like calling Austin Aries short. If he can get people to pay him to call him short, I mean that's a win. I mean, there, there there's got to be a couple dorks on Twitter who are willing to pay Austin Aries to call him short and make fun of his promise ring, right? That that has to be a real thing. <laughs> Someone's going to do it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then feel real good about themselves and, and march out of there, but they're going to be $60 lighter. Like, <laughs> it's absurd. This is so ridiculous. They're working everybody. They're, it's it's a thing. Yeah. I don't know. Why am I talking about? Like, we have to talk about this <laughs> Me now. too. Yeah. Let's hopefully no longer have to. Again, I promise you the expiration date is coming, and the expiration date is probably Saturday, and we will never have to talk about uh, Control Your Narrative again. But Joe... From the propaganda desk of the essential character comes this, the press release, that Pro Wrestling TV, which will launch in April, and hashtag control your narrative, have agreed to an exclusive agreement to bring wrestling's, quote, newest brand to its television home with with PWTV, the way professional wrestling is consumed will change forever, states EC3. We're very excited to partner with PWTV to bring the stories, skills, and abilities of a distinct and driven group of talents to the wrestling world. This was the big TV deal. This is the big TV deal, is Pro Wrestling TV. Uh, in adi- that no one knows what it is. <laughs> Nobody knows what it is, and they're apparently launching it, and they're a part of launching it. Uh, Are addi- you glad, though, they didn't get on, like, be in or something, so we'd have to, like... Yeah, right. It's completely irrelevant to the point where we don't, don't even have to pretend to care about them moving forward, which is yeah. great. Uh, in addition to continuing to produce full-length cinematic wrestling features... Yeah, so, Joe, when you buy your ticket, you're not watching a wrestling show. You're, oh, no. you're buying a ticket. You're buying a seat... Uh, you're buying the rights to sit in a seat and watch an athletic propaganda cinematic wrestling feature performance. Not a wrestling show. That uh, CYN and PWTV will bring a unique perspective of presenting and distribu- uh, distributing wrestling to the fans in the form of seasonal television approach. Yes, the first time ever somebody has thought of seasonal television. How? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so long. Each episode will build the stories of the wrestlers, their conflicts, and their journeys, culminating each season with a live event special. Here's what the Titan has to say. He says, the wrestling will be real. The stories will be real. We want to put the power back in the hands of the wrestlers and create a place they can make a living. So, you know, I could be watching. (laughs) It's it's a rings redo, I guess. Let me tell you something. One, two, three, four, five, six, I am missing 20 college basketball tournament games to talk about this control your narrative promotion (laughs) because you fucking morons listening to this couldn't stop tweeting about it. Thank you very much. The West Coast Conference kicked off their tournament tonight. Oh, Santa Clara. You could be watching Santa Clara right now, and now you're doing this. And I got to sit here and talk about control your narrative because you guys want to tweet at Austin Aries and tell him he's wrong about vaccines. Let him catch COVID. Who cares? Why are you concerned about Austin Aries vaccines? Now I'm missing 20 college basketball games. I'm not happy about it. Actually, one of them doesn't tip off for another. I was going to say, West Coast Conference, you got, you got probably got a game starting at 11, so you're good. Yeah. I might watch that game, too. What, what's the game? Uh, I'll look it up for you while you're talking. Good, good, yeah, be good, good. Try to fall asleep too. All right, well, that is it. So, uh, Processing TV will debut in April with a linear channel and on-demand streaming app provided as a free ad-supported service to viewers worldwide. So, yeah, circle your calendars for April. 
in the beginning of pro wrestling TV. So that is Control Your Narrative, and let's hope, God, I hope, that is the last time we ever have to talk about Control Your Narrative. All right, Joe, I have a question for you. We have about seven minutes left. Uh, We had some other topics to get to. Are we putting those topics? Are you ready to go on vacation, or do you want to do an overrun? What What are you thinking here? What, what, what should we do? Loyola Marymount knocked off Pacific. Wow. Upset City. I don't know. If I don't upset. think Hank Gathers played in that. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, or Bo was, oh, I was going to say, was Michael Ola candy for um, Pacific? Because that's a big upset, if so. Um, and uh, at, at in three minutes, Pepperdine and San Diego tips off. Oh, there we go. I don't think Paul Westfall's coaching Pepperdine in that one. I'm just naming dead people now, Rich. I'm just yeah, I was going to say my, three of the people we've mentioned um, recently are dead. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's what's going on in the West Coast Conference tournament. Uh, what topics we got here? Uh, so we, we had a, a little bit of Japan topics. We had the NWA Crockett Cup. Um, I don't know. We had Rev Pro. I could, I could probably. And how much time do we have? We had about six minutes left to get under the three-hour window here. All right. Let's, uh, let's end the show. Let's keep the people on and let's give them a little overrun before I head on the vacation here. Let's do that. So. Okay. So bouncing around Japan, I will be on the overrun. I, I am going to do the thing that you should never do and recommend a Joshi match to Joe that he will probably not watch, but he should watch. Uh, check in with Dragon Gate real quick. They got a Champion Gate show coming up this weekend. Uh, New Japan's got the New Japan Cup, the end of, uh, New Japan 50th anniversary. We'll talk about that. Uh, and then briefly touch on the NWA Crockett Cup and the Rev Pro Epic Encounter and everything coming together. Uh, for that. So again, if you've never done an overrun here, if you were a live listener, if you're one of the people listening live right now, don't go anywhere. Don't close the video. Don't close anything. We're going to do the overrun on this feed. If you are a free subscriber to the flagship, this show is going to conclude. The overrun will be on the $5 tier over at patreon.com slash voices of wrestling flagship, patreon.com as well. $5 tier for everything that I just talked about. We are going to talk about there on that part of the show, but uh, for the free feed, we are done. That is Joe. I am Rich. If you are a live listener, stick on the feed. Stick here. We'll be right back with The Overrun.